and we are live just two of us again this week uh we just can't have three Nathan, people we can't not anymore we're a twosome just combinations of two every week who are you gonna get uh collect them all <laughs> anyway scroll the uh, dice nathan really. yeah uh nathan it's it's a voting system vote for the two <laughs> people you want each week and uh those people will show up on the show don't do that because uh, people will has... start feeling sad that's true. Everyone loves you too, not me. Anyway, um, Nathan has a sore throat. He got a couple days back. Otherwise, he would have. We would have been doing a show him and I yesterday, and then you weren't available yesterday. So schedules again screwed up. But hopefully next week we will solidify down the new time slot of uh, Monday nights for this show. Um, but right now, also Monday nights uh, is probably going to be when the show is from here on out. So that's I. I literally just said that, but I know. No, that's I, good. Just in case we Make hadn't pointed out before, it sounded like you you were saying like we'd mentioned it before. So it's like just in case oh. you weren't sure. Okay. Well, in case people haven't heard, hey, Monday nights is probably when we're going to be doing the live shows for Top Down Perspective. So you'll be looking at like Tuesdays, uh, Tuesday evenings for when the audio goes live on iTunes and whatnot. Um. But yeah, let's. I was, we have so much, so much to talk about. So this is the Top Down Perspective. Uh, I'm the host this week, Sean Booker. I'm joined by who? Uh, John Wheeler, who is back from John PAX. John Wheeler. Right. Hey, speaking of PAX, now we want to know how your Thursday night went, right? Night before PAX. I'm going to kind of, based on what I've seen, I'm going to do a quick summary, and then I want you to break it down. <laughs> the audience is clamoring to know how your Thursday was. Just, so from what like... I gathered, you had a nice peaceful flight all the way to boston no connecting it was just there it was short you got some free food that was beautiful it was majestic loved it every moment of it yeah that that's pretty much how it went right mm-hmm. it was like nothing yeah just perfect trip nothing Can't nothing went wrong at all it was it was great awesome uh that'll do it for the pack show <laughs> <laughs> all right let's let's hear it everyone is all right i'm dying to know again let's go okay let's do it. so here is how my pack trip went Starts Go. technically Wednesday night because I was packing up for the panel and still working on it. Get two hours of sleep. Wake up Thursday morning, 7 o'clock-ish. Get to the airport about 8 o'clock. So I'm running on about two hours of sleep, and my flight's supposed to leave at 9. Get through security just fine, and they say, oh, there's a... 9 at night or 9 in the morning? 9 a.m. Okay, 9 a.m. on on Thursday. All right. So now we know, like, okay, the flight's going to be delayed slightly because there's a, some technical issue they announced. So we wait for, like, a half hour. Then they delay it again another hour. So now it's 10 o'clock. Then they delay for two hours till noon. So they say, all right, sorry for the delay. We're going to give everyone $10 meal ticket. So feel free to go get food in the airport while you're here if you're hungry. And come back at noon and we'll have a new, the we'll find out when we're leaving. All right, what'd you eat? I'm, I'm curious. I went, you I went to Chili's. Because apparently there's a Chili's did in you, the airport. Did you, were you actually able to spend under $10? Or did you have to pocket... Simone, or your own money. I had to pay like five dollars out of my own pocket. I assumed so. Chili's is kind of on the higher price point. Pretty much everything in the airport was above ten dollars. Oh, so that's how they get you. Mm. I see. Yeah. All right. So, uh, meanwhile, while well, after ten, I like a friend of mine's in the airport who's also going to Pax East. So I he we just had to be in the same area. So I just walk over and hang out with him for a bit. His flight leaving with the same airline is also going to the same place, going to Toronto, then going to Boston. Left at 10.30, 10.45-ish, or that's the one I think. In the morning? Yeah. Okay. And had no delays. Just went on perfectly fine without a hitch. 
So after walking away from his gate, I look up at the departure sign and see that it now says that the plane is leaving at 4.20 p.m. So I run back to the gate and find out, yes, the plane has been deemed unflyable because they found a second tech issue with it. So now... Do you know what the issues with it were? No, they didn't say. They just said there were mechanical issues issues, and they had to be dealt with and that after trying to work on the second issue, the plane was unflyable. So now they say they're flying a plane out from Vancouver for us. And then that's the plane we'll be taking around 4 o'clock. I talked to the lady there. They say, yeah, if you're going to fly out, then uh, don't worry. Like, stick on this flight. You will, you've obviously missed, I missed my connecting flight in Boston, or to Boston at this point in Toronto, because it was supposed to be at 3 o'clock. Right. So they're like, okay, don't worry, we'll, we'll just get you to stay overnight in Toronto, we'll give you a free hotel room, and then in the morning you can go in and get a free flight. So it's like, alright. I've done that before. Yeah, so I'm like, I've had that happen. Alright, fine. I asked her, like, are there any other options, are there any other flights, or like, airlines that you can fly in? I was like, no, nothing really that'll work for you right now, this is your best option. So I'm like, alright, whatever. Just I go work on the panel for a couple hours in the hotel or in the hotel uh, in the airport, and then go back just to like on your on your laptop, right? Yeah, and then go yeah. back to the gate around I think three thirty ish to find out that the gate is now loading people for Tokyo. And I, so I mentioned this on Twitter. Hey, Tokyo is awesome. <laughs> All right, so like it's true. To be fair, but like, I think I'd rather go to Tokyo than Toronto. Just saying. So I was confused, like, um, why did this change? All right. So, so did you sneak onto that plane and was like, all right, going to Tokyo! Should have tried at this rate. Should have tried. Would have been the better option. <laughs> yeah. So I talked to the people. I was like, hey, where's the Toronto flight? They're like, oh, if you're looking for that, go to gate 24. So I walk over to 24, but in the process, I see a departure sign that says that I'm supposed to be at gate 16. So now I'm extremely okay. confused. So I go to 24 anyways. I see a bunch of people that were waiting for the flight earlier that day. We wait around for a bit. And then eventually someone from the the airline shows up and says, Hey guys, um, we don't know when you guys are leaving and we don't know from what gate. So we we have to get another plane for you guys because the plane you guys were supposed to fly out on was commandeered for a flight to Tokyo. So the plane that was at our original gate was supposed to be our plane, but we got bumped. So now it's like, okay, that we'll probably get you guys going out of here around 6 p.m. Okay. Yeah. So you're looking at, like, what is this, nine hours late now? This is, yeah, nine or ten hours at this point. Keep them, yeah. Great. So they gave us $20 in meal vouchers. I go get more food. Did you go back to Chili's? No, I went to uh, the Great oh. Canadian Bagel. They had some, I picked up a nice panini. I have never heard of the Great Canadian Bagel. Well, it exists. And it's, in our, and it's in our airport. Maybe it exists only in airports. That's why I don't know it. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure they're in, like, some malls around town, too. But uh, I'm not a big bagel guy, so that, that would, you know. Fair enough. But the food was good. So I, I, go back sure. to the, I go back to the gate. Now we find out we're boarding at about 620. But people are actually boarding the plane. So we get on the plane, Perfect. and it's it's a gigantic plane. It's like uh, an international flight, like all you know how first class is like all these lie down seats, and they've got like they're angled weird. They've got like this pop out TVs and everything, and then like it, in the actual like coach, there's like rows of three to three seats like that. It's one of those gigantic three, planes. Two, oh, so it's got the middle section. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. So, have you ever been on a double decker plane? No, never. I, I've done that. Was that on your flight to where? Tokyo? 
No, no, that was on my flight to Australia. My bad. I'm sorry you've been around the world. <laughs> How dare. Those planes are gigantic. So we get, Let me tell you. We get on the plane, and everyone's loaded in about 6.30. So then we wait about 20 minutes, and then we get an announcement saying, sorry for the delay, folks. People's luggage from the people who originally were supposed to be on this flight but now are not was loaded onto the plane, so now we have to remove it all. So the people that had the plane before you guys took it? No, people who were supposed to be on our original flight to Toronto but just didn't show up or took, like, a different flight. Oh, so now, okay. so now we have to wait for them to unload it. And then after it's unloaded, we wait. And we wait. And then suddenly all the power of the plane turns off. Like, all the TVs turn off. All, like, the air conditioning turns off. It just becomes, like, super quiet for, like, a minute. And then everything turns back okay. on. Okay. It just got super dark? Yeah. Was the floor lights at least on? Like, the emergency lights? Yeah, like, there was still some light, but it was just, like... Okay, like, so they were at least using emergency power. Yeah, so like, they say, sorry, we just had to reboot everything. So that that's weird that, what that a weird really thing. yeah that's all i said like we had to just reboot things to fix some issues so sorry about that guys. that's the last thing i want to hear before going on a plane just give us a sec we're just gonna reboot the plane okay pretty much what it was just so weird so eventually like the plane finally starts moving this is now 7 30 so we've been on the plane for an hour now I'm just half expecting it's like we were just about to take off when they slammed on the brakes <laughs> kind of because when we were backing out the power kept cutting out three times. That's... So everyone in the plane's like, "Are we gonna be okay?" And that's when we yeah. found out we're just gonna one... die. Is this is this just the, is this airplane three? This is when we found out this was technically the plane we were supposed to have in the first place. They just it took so long. They the Tokyo plane to is it. back. No, no, this is the plane we were supposed to take back at nine a.m. They just had oh, enough so time they to repair everything. The mechanical problem. Yeah, they just had enough time to fix it. Okay. So now we're just like, all right. It's rough, rough going, but we finally take off 7.30. At this point, I've almost been at the airport for 12 hours in my own hometown. So we sure. finally okay. we get going in the air. The The flight itself is fine, except I wanted to work on the panel while I was on the plane, and uh, the power outlet couldn't support my laptop. It just kept cutting out. A, and you just didn't have enough reserve battery? No. I, okay. I, I went as long as I could, and then I just turned it off. It's been a bit since I've been on Air Canada. Do they allow like, like electronics to be on when taking off now? No, like small electronics. I think that's only American no? Airlines at the moment. Yeah, because when I took American Airlines to come back uh, like a month ago or whenever it was, yep. th there was there was like the new introduction. And it was like you can keep small electronic devices on, but larger ones. And I think they were talking about like laptops. Yeah, had to be had to be closed or whatever. But we could like keep our iPads out or stuff like that. Yeah. So, so as far as I'm aware of, only American Airlines is doing that so far. Okay. So we finally get to Toronto about 1 a.m. Keep in mind, I was supposed to be there 1 p.m. So we walk All up right. to the gate. So this and, is now Friday morning. Yeah. It's opening day of PAX. Yeah. So they give everyone that was supposed to have connecting flights, they give them a hotel voucher, they give them a ticket to a new plane, and another uh, meal coupon. How much was this one worth? $10. Did you, where'd you go? Um, Swiss Chalet, because apparently there was a 24-hour Swiss Chalet in the airport. Is Can you get something for under $10 at Swiss Chalet? No. I didn't think so. How? What did you end up spending at Swiss Chalet? Um, I think I paid 15 again. Again? Okay, so 5 bucks. Yeah. Where? What hotel did they set you up in? Was it anything nice? I don't know, because I didn't bother taking it, because my flight required me to be at security at 
Oh, he just hung out in the airport. Yeah, so I hung out in the airport for three hours, which apparently was the smart play because I bumped into the same guy who gave us our tickets and uh, hotel vouchers earlier, or like a little after that. Okay. And he's like, he's like, what hotel are you going to? Like, oh, I'm just going to stay here. It's like, oh, that's a, it's a good thing you're not going to a hotel because a bunch of people got turned away from the hotels. Okay, so my mind went, oh, man, good thing you didn't go there. Turns out it just burned down, <laughs> and the plane is now half empty. <laughs> no, it's just be- oh. people were going to the hotels, and then they were just getting turned away, so. Oh, that's that's the best. I, Wow. Yeah. Did you, did you sleep at the airport? No, I stayed up the whole time. So I've also done that. Coincidentally, this is the uh, every I guess every flight I was referencing was all this Australia one where I had to go to a hotel and whatnot. But I remember when we had a layover in New Zealand because of a, a huge plane screw up, and we had to sleep at the airport like overnight because it was significant length, and we were so tired after just being jerked around. Yeah, no. I Craziest just... part though was a lady like. It was my mom, my sister, and I. You know, we were all sleeping on separate benches. A lady actually came up to my mom and woke her up to ask where our gate was. What the fuck? Like, we are clearly, like, horizontal along a bench sleeping. It's, like, 2 in the morning. The area's dark. Like, we found a gate or a section of the airport that was, like, clearly this is not going to get used till the morning. We can kind of sleep in the dark here. Someone comes over. Do you know where this gate is? Can you wake up for a second? I have a question. I would have, like, punched him at that point. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so it's 4.30 on Friday morning. You're in Toronto. Yep. I've been working on the panel for a couple hours, ate some food, stayed up. Went over to the the gate for connections to the U.S. It's not open. All right. So I wait there, and a bunch of the people from our original flight show up. We start talking about everything that's been going on. You're all buddies now. Ish, yeah. We all, like... War war veterans. You recognize each other. (laughs) So it finally opens at 5.30. So right. at this point, what time is the plane supposed to leave? Uh, boarding starts at six fifteen, and I believe the f- okay. the flight leaves at about six thirty. All right. So I've got about an hour at this point to go through U.S. Customs. I'm like, oh great, but at least it's early morning. Go to scanner boarding pass because in the Pearson Airport in Toronto, they auto transfer your luggage. You don't need to grab it if you're going international. Sure. Okay. But uh, I scan my boarding pass and it says, "Go see a customer service representative." Go over to customer service representative. I'm sorry, we've lost your luggage. Awesome. That happened to me as well. <laughs> so, but that happened for everyone on our flight that had that connection. Right. So they're like, "All right, so oh, hang man. on, we'll we'll find it. Like, just give us your pass, and we'll like search. It's been probably been held aside because of everyone who was delayed." So I wait there, hand my pass. Eventually, they get back to me and hand and uh, find my luggage. The problem is, they gave away my boarding pass in the process. Be- because uh, there is... there was a group of people in front of me that were going to a different place and they had been like had the same issues roughly so was there ever a moment where you just like moan of clarity you're like i'm on punked so- someone is punking me right now ashton kutcher is gonna come out from around that corner and be like you just got punked proton john no i had a moment of clarity where i'm like i don't think i'm actually gonna make it to pax i think i'm just gonna be stuck <laughs> I'm just in gonna Toronto. Go home yeah so okay they gave that that peop, those people my boarding pass by accident because they had just grouped them together by accident. They just print me off a new pass. They print me off new luggage passes because my luggage tickets were all on that pass. And I go get in line for U.S. Customs. Super short in line. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll make it my plane, no problem. Go up to the lady at Customs. Hand her my passport. Where are you going? Uh, Boston. What are you going for? A video game convention. What are you doing there? Oh, this is my favorite part. Yeah. This is my favorite part. Uh, what are you doing there? I'm going to be presenting a panel. It's like, can 
I, there's something up with your passport. Can you give me another piece of ID? What? Yeah, I don't like your picture and your passport's weird. I need another piece of photo ID. Okay, so I hand her my license. She's like, how long are you going for? Three days. Why do you have two pieces of luggage? Because I'm presenting at a panel. What's in the suitcases? Video games. Why do you have video games with you? Because I'm presenting at a panel, and I need them for the panel. Are you going to sell the video games at the pan- or at the convention? <laughs> no, they're for the panel. Well, how do I know that well, you're... if I did that, it'd be a pretty shitty panel, yeah. okay? How do I know that you're not going to sell them? It's like, what? No, they're mine. They're for the panel. <laughs> like, do you have any proof of this? It's like, I don't have any documents on me. Like, I've done this trip every couple of years. It's like, why, why is this a problem now? Well, I guess they just didn't ask you these questions the last couple of years. So, do you have anything proving that you're doing this? Like... No, you just have my like flight history from the past couple of years. I ha- here's my business card. I don't want your business card. Okay. <laughs> Are you like I don't want your business card. Yeah, it's just like I'm trying to give you proof. Jesus. I also I also just love how do I know you're not going to sell these? What? Like well, how do I <laughs> Like great. why would it's you so ask funny. that? Like, I was like what's the what's the relative value of the games you have there? I, I don't know, 400. Because it was like my Xbox and a bunch of like NES, NES, and 64 games. So she just goes quiet for a couple minutes. I just stand there waiting. She wanted your games. She wanted to take them from you. Clearly. She just starts scanning things on the computer. I guess tagging the luggage. And then she hands me my passport, my uh, U.S. slip, and my ticket with a yellow envelope and says, have a nice flight. But she says it like super like shy, like, have a nice flight. Oh man, what's in the envelope? Uh, no, like the envelope was what all my things were in. Sorry. Oh, I see. So I walk okay. over to security and they look at the envelope. Like you have a yellow envelope, sir. You have to go through secondary inspection. I'm like, all right. Did you get pat down? No, didn't get pat down. Okay. All right. Walk into the room, hand all my all that stuff to someone. They say, uh, "Go over, wait in the waiting area. We'll call your name when you're good to go." So. Oh man, did someone steal one of the games? Like, just I'm gonna sneak this one out of here. He won't even notice. Nothing like that. No. Okay. So I missed my flight. Uh, security comes or Air Canada comes in, gives me my luggage. It's like here, hang on to this. And then like three minutes later, after they do that, which is like ten minutes after my flight leaves, the security guy finally calls me up. I'd been there waiting for like forty minutes at this point and couldn't use any electronics, so I had to wait in the room. Man, how close is your isn't your flight soon? No, I've already missed it at this point. Again, you missed the six o'clock in the morning one. Yes. Oh. I wow, missed okay. this one because I was stuck waiting in that room and I couldn't use any electronics or call anyone. I was just sat there waiting for them to call my name. That's insane. So the guy calls me up. He's like, hey, he's like, and it's then these usual customer teams. Like, sir, where are you going? What are you going for? What's in your bags? Do you mind if we x-ray your bags? So they x-ray it. So I say, like, I'm like, yeah, there's video games in it for a panel I'm running. It's like, oh, okay, so you play video games a lot? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of my job. So which is better, Xbox One or PS4? What? Like, it, like it's a test. Like, yeah, he's like, I better know the right answer. I've, I've been looking at these, like these new consoles, and I'm trying to figure out which one I want to buy. So, which would you say is better, in your opinion? So then we get in, like, I don't know, like a five minute discussion about like what games he plays, and then just like what would be better for him. We give him a recommendation, and then he's like, "All right." What was the recommendation? Uh, he likes MLB The Show, so by proxy PS4 because that's Sony franchise. Okay, there you go. So he's like, "All right, man, have a nice flight." So he hands me hands me my everything. I'm good to go. Walk over to Air Canada. They finally See, give me a See, if you pass. had said Xbox One, he would have been like, ha, you know nothing about games. You're a liar. You're selling these. <laughs> Get this guy. Exactly. So I go to Air Canada. They give me my proper flight. Go through security. Fine. No no problems there. 
go down, grab some breakfast, because at this point, now my flight is two hours later than what it was supposed to be. So my flight leaves at like 8.30. So, but they were still cool, like, oh crap, we held you, so we'll give you another yep. plane they ticket? they give me another plane ticket. This is now uh, my third plane ticket, I guess, at this point. Okay. Because the first flight got made and delayed, and then like the original flight to Boston, and then, yeah. This is crazy. We're 20 minutes into this show, and you're not at Boston. <laughs> I know. This is the stupid thing. <laughs> This is so great. All right, so what was that? What happened? So next? I go get breakfast, and then I'm starting to feel sick because at this point I've been up for like two hours. Are, are and you've we... only been eating airport food. Yeah, so, so I got two like... hours of sleep in me, and I've been up for like at least a full day at this point because it's now, it's now the time I was in the fucking airport in Calgary. I've been up for 24 hours. So, sure. So I'm feeling sick. I go to the washroom and I just like wait till I'm feeling better. Then I I start heading towards the plane. I look at my watch. I'm like, oh, it's like 8:25. Like my flight leaves at like 8:45, something like that. So I'm I'm good to go walk towards the the plane the gate i see like hey there's no one standing around there right now what the hell there should be people like like is just do we get delayed again and i wa- start walking up i see flashing on the screen final boarding call so i'm like oh man you almost missed it so i, I run for it to get in <clears throat> yeah apparently they just decided they wanted to leave early so that's i don't even how do you how can you do that i didn't hear an announcement but like i felt like i should have because i had my uh my i had headphones on but i only had one earbud in so i could actually still hear announcements but I didn't hear oh, any boarding calls at all for my flight. Hmm. Get on the plane. Finally, I just sleep the whole flight. Finally get to Boston. Get my luggage, no problem. Take a taxi straight to my hotel. So you've missed day one of PAX. It is now 11 a.m. <clears throat> on Friday. Oh, man, you could still go. I've been up for a day and a half at this point. I just, right, time to party. I just say, F it. I go to my hotel room and sleep for four hours. Oh, okay. So I I wake up three thirty four o'clock, grab a shower, finally, um, start working on the panel again. This this seems like this panel was underdeveloped. If you're working on it, if you have so much left to do. No, I was supposed to be finishing it the day I got there. <clears throat> so okay. So I was supposed to be finishing it Thursday night. So sure. Or on I, the I or on the flight there, which was the original plan, <laughs> but then obviously I couldn't right, use you it. Couldn't, you couldn't plug so it in. So every, yeah. everything was fucked. So. At that point, like it's like five o'clock now, and we have to do a tournament recording for Runaway Guys, the group channel that, that I'm going there with, at seven. Right. So I'm like, all right, I just won't bother going to the convention center. I'll go to the straight to the tournament. It should take only like three hours to do the tournament. It took six. Oh it is now one thirty in the morning, and I'm just getting back to my hotel room. This is the life of a professional video game player. <laughs> So I had to wait to get all the equipment I needed to do the final challenges for the tournament. I was supposed to get this Thursday so I could finish it, but I didn't. So I had to have my roommate, Reese, uh, better known as Lukagen, actually like do the challenges for me, like get the games to the right point while I was finishing up like challenges and like, fixing some error that I made while I was programming things in a sleep-deprived state. So she eventually does get to go to sleep after she's helped me out because like the only things that are left are for me to do. She goes to bed, I think it was like 4 o'clock. I go to bed at 6 a.m. And then... This sounds like a great PAX oh, convention. Oh, yeah, no, it was fucking fantastic. <clears throat> fucking con of the year. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so I get up at 11, so that's five hours of sleep. Uh, get everything together. <clears throat> get to the convention. Uh, although we get stuck in traffic on the way there, but thankfully we make it in time. So it's 2.15 now. I'm just picking up my pass. The panel is set up, starts at 2.30. So I'm just like running straight to the room there. We were told we were actually going to be able to get in a little bit earlier and have like 45 minutes to set up. We got 25. 
Okay. Meanwhile, my nerves are shot because I've had so many problems up to this point. I'm I'm freaking out thinking the panel's gonna break. Not. I saw your panel online. You you seemed fine. Like like I, like I would say that once setup got going, I started feeling better. But like when I got to the green room, waiting for us to go in the room, I had to sit down because if I was standing up, I would have vomited. So that's that's how great it was. So what you're saying is you're patient zero for Pax Pox this exactly. year. Exactly. All right. So it's on air, everyone knows it. One, <laughs> we start. We get set up. Uh, we're a little bit late. We start at like I think three ten something like that. Uh, but we we kind of had to go short on setup because we usually we didn't get to test anything. And when the first game comes up, it doesn't load. It was a, a virtual console game on the Wii. wasn't loading. We couldn't figure this out why. This is during the panel. This is during, this during, is, this is during the panel. Oh, okay. So we can't. We have. I'm trying to think. We have a room of twelve hundred people watching us, and we're being streamed. Oh, yeah, it was it was Mario Kart. Yeah. Super Mario Kart. Twelve yeah. hundred people in the room watching us on stage. Uh, I don't know how many people were watching the stream. I think uh, someone said about two thousand, maybe. It was yeah. On average, it was around two thousand, unless something big was going on, then it would jump around four. Mm. So we had that many people watching us, like have scrambling around trying to figure out these tech issues. It ends up there was a hidden Wiimote that it turned on that none of us could find at all in any of the equipment that completely blocked us from loading the game. Was it one of yours, or did someone just like mess with it? You? We brought three, but the third one just wasn't there. It wasn't showing it was on. So we, oh, okay. we reset everything. It finally works. We load the game. Every, the rest of the panel goes smoothly, besides a couple of something awful guys showing up and giving me a slight heart attack, thinking that I'm going to be trolled during the panel. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, it was it was fine, thankfully, so... Uh, we get the panel done. It's now 4.15. They gave us some extra time because we had to start late. And they say, all right, they're going to usher us into the room next door that we were in this green room so we could do like signings and chat with people that were in the audience. So this is off air, so I didn't see this. Stuff. Yeah. So we get over there like 4.30, and then we leave there about 6.15. That's a lot of signings. Yeah. So about at this point, the expo hall is closed. Great. So this is, this is awesome. day two. I have not been on the expo hall floor yet. <clears throat> So I go to a pizza party for a bunch of people with the company, uh, do a little, like... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, there's probably got to be some, like, PAX after parties going on. Yeah, like, did a bit of a meet and some people, and then went to my roommate's panel, checked it out. It was a good time. I will also state right now, I need to thank Luca for keeping me sane, because I'm pretty sure I would have gone fucking nuts by the end of the weekend if it had not been for her helping out with everything. So she updated the graphics on the panel program. She helped pan out the cards, along with her friend Massey. She helped with the setting up the game challenges. It was just, I'm pretty sure I would have had a breakdown had she not been there. So thank you so much for yeah, that. Yeah, this shit is redonk. So we go to her panel. We have a good time. And we go back to the hotel room. It is now like 1 a.m. So I just go straight to sleep. Decide I'm actually going to go see the, uh, the expo hall on Sunday. This is now day three. Yeah, the convention that you flow yeah. here, here for. But I got a text before I went to bed the other night saying, hey, um, there's a guy from USA Today who wants to do an interview about with streamers. So would you be would you want to talk to him? So I'm like, all right, sure. Oh, is this a text from like your parent company? Uh, no, it's actually from uh, one of the guys who was in the panel. He's like, it's a friend of mine. Uh, he usually trolls. Okay. He usually trolls me during the panel, which is why I freaked out earlier when I saw the Something Awful guys. But Oh, man, maybe this is a troll. Maybe it's a trap. Uh, no, I figure, like, uh, of all things, he was probably, like, playing it straight on this one. So, okay. But I had to be there at, like, 11, so I'm like, all right, go there at 11, do the interview, and then go to class. That's cool. Was this what was this on, like, TV or something? Or? Uh, it might be on a website. It's not going up yet. Uh, we'll get a link through Twitter when it finally goes up. Cool. 
So uh, it's now noon. I go to Classic Console to meet up with a couple of people, say hi, that I wanted to see all weekend, chat with them a bit. Go to the expo hall around 1 o'clock. Start walking around, finally like looking at things. Get texts from people that uh, I had to meet up with a friend at Fangamer at like 2. I meet up with a couple other friends beforehand. I finally get to try out like a game, one singular game. Great. Yep. Can't wait to hear about this. Yeah, and then uh, go meet up with the, the friend from Fangamer. She says, okay, message me later. We'll go out for dinner. Uh, so I go hang out. We play some board games for a bit, and then we go wander around the expo hall. We go to Cards Against Humanity to try to actually get the expansion pack and any of the things they have left sold out. They had sold out in day one. Fuck. Thankfully, the, 90, okay. the 90s pack they are selling <clears throat> online. Don't worry. Yeah, I know. I knew about that, but did you get any pone meal? No, sadly, I was kind of sad. Fuck. Sorry, dude. So then we we go back to the expo <laughs> hall. We play another game, but at that point, then there's like the ten minutes left to the convention announcement. So, what is? So you played two games there. Yeah, two games and watched one or two. All right, best I could do. Any other traveling stuff you want to mention before we get into those two games? Uh yeah, there's the next day. <laughs> All right, cool. Trip, so you're coming home. The right? trip back. Get up at nine o'clock, or get up at like eight thirty because a friend who has some of my equipment from the panel uh, shows up at nine with it, and he says, "Yeah, no, the things that there's a couple things that you listed, they're not here." So I, I for a second I thought some of my stuff had been stolen. Ends up it was just hidden in a pouch I hadn't checked because it didn't look like there was anything in it. So thankfully we were fine. Nothing was missing. Me and my buddy who got on the flight, the different flight out of Calgary, we are on the same flight back. We get All we right. get to the airport. Our flight leaves at, uh, I believe it was 3 o'clock. We had got, got through security at 1. They announced there's a gate change for our flight. So like, oh, no. Was it going to be like sitting across the airport or something? The gate change was literally right next door to the gate we were at. So we're like, okay, cool. It's fine. Cool. We board- Couldn't be better. Yeah. We board the flight, and we wait. And we wait. <laughs> takes about 25 minutes before they announce yeah sorry folks there's a problem with i think a uh, a light on the plane or like a light capsule on the plane outside interior we have to fix it otherwise it's going to be a major problem when we're in midair so it's going to be about 20 minutes 20 minutes pass and it begins it's, then they come on again after the 20 minutes say uh yeah folks it's just gonna be another 10 minutes we just gotta fi- finish the paperwork for the repairs and we're good to go so we we finally get going we get to toronto and we now have 15 minutes before our flight starts boarding, and, and the plane has just landed. We run, okay. we run to customs. We think, oh, we're not going to get through customs in time. There's only three people ahead of us in customs. We get through it crazy fast. So we go to the luggage carousel waiting for our luggage. And we wait. And we wait. We were the last group of people to get our luggage off the plane. We run for it. Like, we're like, okay, fine. We can make it. Let's go. <clears throat> uh, we run for the connecting area. There's about 70 people in a line in front of us. And 70 might be generous. It might be more like 50, but it's still like a large amount. So we're like, all right, we're clearly not sure. making our plane. <clears throat> we get up to the front. And they're like, yeah, you missed your plane. Go over here. We'll get you a new flight. And we're in a lineup of about 30 people. So we're not the only ones who missed our flight, all the different locations. Uh, they eventually give us our flight. It's two hours later than what we expected. And, yeah, we get on that flight finally after we get to relax a bit. And then we finally get home. It's now like... 10 30 11 he has to do a three-hour drive back to medicine hat and i just take a taxi home and just 
fuck everything. The trip's finally done. I don't want to have to worry about it anymore. Open my suitcase to find out the reason we were delayed in Toronto was because the TSA decided to uh, inspect our luggage. So as a result, we got packed on later and had to be one of the later ones to get our stuff. So that was my trip to Boston. It was great. Jeez. Yeah, so this is this is so this is funny. I'm sorry to hear this. Oh man, what a crazy story. That's great. Oh my God. I'm um, glad you're entertained, Sean. I yeah no that was I was entertaining for me so I appreciate hearing that whole story. That was fucking hey, you thirty minutes. To tell that story. Yeah, there you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, but it's that it's cool because we'll make up for it. You only played two games, so I guess let's just go into uh, what did you play at PAX East? I played Whoa Dave by Gaijin Games. You better you know them better as the Bitrip guys. I yeah I don't know Gaijin Games. I don't know Whoa Dave. Whoa, Dave! Tell me about is Whoa, Dave. A classic arcade game that is coming out on the Ouya and Steam, apparently. What? Yeah, I know. Okay. The the demo stations okay. were Ouyas. I'm like, what the fuck? What is that? <laughs> what is that thing? The, like the first thing I asked him was like, is this just coming out only on the Ouya? I was like, no, 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 don't worry. It's on like Steam, and we'll probably put it on consoles D- later. Don't worry. <laughs> like the developers, like, no, we thought ahead. Don't mm-hmm. worry. <laughs> That's good. So, it, well, does it look like a bit trip game? Like, is it, it all pixelated? Yeah, it's or? super pixelated. It's basically like, imagine like you know the old Mario Brothers arcade game. Yes. Imagine something like that, but a little bit uh, trickier. So, did you play Runner Two or see it at all? Uh, what? Like you know Runner oh, Two? Oh, I, I heard one or two. I didn't hear Runner. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I've played uh, the first one and seen the second one. So. Is is the art style closer to the first one or the second one? Because second one isn't pixelated. First right? one, it, it's very very pixelated. It's very eight bit. Okay, all right. So the way the game works is eggs are raining down from the sky, and you have to destroy them because they're alien eggs. I assume that they're trying to like take over the world or something. So you throw eggs will do that. Yeah, you throw the eggs at the monsters when they hatch, or you throw skull bombs at the eggs and destroy them. But the skull sorry skull bombs. Yes, yeah, bombs as in explosives. Oh, um, so all right. So you throw the skulls at them, but if you hold on to them too long, they explode and kill you. Uh, the idea is that while you're killing them, you're collecting money, and while you collect money, uh, the music starts building up more, and the stage starts sm- shrinking. Like there's a at- how is how is this like the Mario arcade game? Isn't that more of like a battle your friend thing? Uh, it can also that, that also has a single player mode to be fair, which okay. which is about like sure, collecting the score. money and killing all the monsters, which is basically what this okay. is. I've just, I guess I've always seen it as, like, multiplayer, because, like, why not? <clears throat> yeah, so while you're doing this, like, the music starts building up, uh, the sta- the floor starts disappearing, and whenever one of the aliens gets into the floor, which is lava, they evolve, so they go through three different uh, evolutions, and then eventually they just start turning into, a, like, a flying eyeball bat that, like, locks on you, so you have to kill those fast. But the more they evolve, the more money they're worth. So you've got to like balance out what's going on. Oh, all right. So you have to like some risk reward for that. How? Where does Woe Dave come into this? Uh, your character's name is Dave, and once you've killed all enough right. enemies, a giant pow block will appear. But it's not a pow block; it's a woe block. All right. And when it appears, the game's just like Woe Dave, and then you throw it, and everything dies. Like a like a sound effect. Like yeah, there, there's like literally a clip sweet. that says Woe Dave. Like it, like I'm picturing, like kind of like a '90s skater guy. Yeah, he stands fairly. He sounds fairly stoned. Oh, this is great. This is good. Yeah. So eventually, once Whoa, you get to dude. like I think a dollar, the uh, the bottom row disappears. The lava starts coming up, and then UFOs start coming out of the lava. 
Oh man, so now that's the, the worst. So now these UFOs are shooting lasers at you while you're fighting all the eggs and the other monsters coming from the eggs. So you're juggling this, trying to get his high score. I got to, I think, a dollar eighty and I died, but the high score that day was like three dollars sixty. So I think crazier stuff happens after that. Because this is just giving me like Scott Pilgrim versus the World stuff with all these like get you got a dollar twenty five. Like each each enemy you kill is only worth one dollar. Yeah, one or one cent to three cents. So like you're picking up like a penny at a time. Sure. But no, I don't know. It was fun. I really liked it. The music was great, especially the farther along you got, the music got even better, which, I mean, Gaijin games... Well, they always have yeah. great music, so I'd expect that. Yeah. So cool. I really enjoyed that. Once that comes out, Whoa, I dude. highly recommend it. It's just Any a kind of, like, game. release window? Any any idea when that's planned to launch? Uh, I think they said late summer. I'm not 100% sure on that, though. <clears throat> okay. I heard in I heard Summer in of Arcade? Oh, no, it's a PC thing. I don't it, know. Remember, it's an Ouya Whatever special. Whatever the Ouya's equivalent. Yeah, an Ouya special. The Summer of Ouya so right. uh and played you that. played one other game yeah but i will say i saw mugenics while i was there because there was actually a playable demo of mugenics what okay what is mugenics Th- you didn't know about mugenics this is the team meat game didn't know uh, i don't know much about this game at all then all no. right this is the 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 crazy cat lady simulator i okay i i feel like i've heard the name mugenics and i just don't know anything besides something is called mugenics all right so this so. is a team meat game uh sure. basically you are raising a house full of cats and like you're trying to like breed like the the best cats around but you can also do like fighting arenas with them which are like little mini jrpg battles right like one would do yeah, yeah. and just like you're trying to just, just raise as many cats as you can it was it was interesting to watch they also had this sounds like cockfighting. Like... it actually was <laughs> it actually was like just but with cats mm-hmm. Like okay, That's Peter's gonna love it pretty much, just like their first game. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, on uh, so on top of that, they were using the Steam boxes. Like the game was being demoed on a Steam okay. box, so like like on a Steam box. Yeah, right? it, I think it was probably the okay. piston model. Like it was uh, how like this big, like this. It was like really tiny, but it had like a, I, a direct com- like an Xbox 360. I don't controller think plug the piston. It. Like, are you are you assuming it was the one that was sent out? Because that wasn't the piston. No, 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 not the official Steam box. No, <clears throat> uh, it was just like okay. uh, like a third party one. <clears throat> Okay. But, like, it had the Steam controller attached to it. People were using the Steam controllers to play it. Oh, you didn't get to try out No, it. I didn't. There was a lineup. Oh, darn. That, w- that would have been interesting to hear about. Okay. But it, w- it was cool. Um, so we checked that out, and then uh, the people I was hanging with, we all went and played a game called uh, Brawlhalla. I don't know what this is either. This is a 2D Smash Brothers game for, uh, I guess, PC at the moment, I think, is what they said. Uh, it's on. Okay. It's on early access right now, apparently. And they're planning to have uh, five on five battles, so up to ten people playing in a match at once. So imagine like two and a half the amount of people you can have in Smash Brothers. Right? Is this like couch co-op or online? Uh there's going to be online, but uh, we were obviously playing Sweet. couch co-op. Right. The uh, the the idea that one of the main differences in the game was that every item you pick up just completely changes your move set. So you've like you've got your default okay. like X and Y for like normal attacks and strong attacks, and then you pick up say pistols, and then suddenly you, all your X and Y moves are like changed for your pistols. Then you can like throw the guns, and you can grab like a sword, and then it's changed. You can grab like a rocket lance, you can grab a jackhammer, uh, just all the like these different weapons. It was really fun to play. We had a really good time playing it. It felt really solid, and okay. I like I'm gonna check out early access <clears throat> and see how is it, it is. Like, is the art style like you said 2D, but what's it what's it kind of like, like cartoony? So it's not like this is an eight bit game or you know no, retro. No, nothing like that. It doesn't go for like a specific retro art feel. It's just like oh, these are like cartoon characters. 
Like, are they like flat, like two D assets, or are they like Smash Bros. like polygons? Flat, but on a flat, 2D flat two D assets. Okay, all right. So something like a Skullgirls, but with platforms. I'm assuming. Yeah, it looked really nice. All it right. felt solid, and it was really fun to play. We all had a good time playing it. Okay. So I don't know. I'm gonna. That's one I suggest keeping your eye on if you're like Smash Brothers type games. I'm excited to see how like a five v five would work exactly in a game like that. Because right, it was, sounds pretty. Chaotic. It was hectic with four people. I can't imagine how it would be with ten. Right, right. And what was that? Brawlhalla. Yeah, Brawlhalla. That's just, that's just making me think of Valhalla. That's what they were from Dexter's Lab. Oh, they were going for actual Valhalla. You're thinking Van Val Valhallen. Valhallen. That's the guy you're thinking <laughs> yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the Hulk guy's name? Uh, the the infragable crunk, or the the infragable crunk. That's what it was. Oh. man, I love Dexter's that was Lab. A good show. <laughs> Okay, and you uh, you watched one more game. Oh, fuck. I can't remember what one it was now. Well, actually, I'll say this. There was a BMX track there. Just like a full-size BMX well, track? Well, I guess it was more like a half-pipe, but there was, like, for Trials, I think it's Fusion, the new Trials game coming out? I I saw this. The Cards Against Humanity panel did some filming on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Was there people actually doing tricks? There, yeah. We walked down, and we okay. was just like, there's just a dude on a BMX bike just doing tricks off a ramp. I'm like, all right, sure. For For Trials... But Trials is a motorcycle game. I know that's what conf- Trials, that's what confused me. Is Trials now a also BMX bike game or something? I don't know. I don't keep track the, of Trials. The original Trials, like years and years ago, was a BMX or like a BMX game. So maybe that's what they were going back to, or maybe they thought hmm. being in like a super warm room, having a mo- motorcycle going and putting exhaust in the whole room was a bad idea. Yeah, I guess that would be. But that would also just be kind of insane, just coming in and there's motocross bikes going everywhere. Like, that'd be, a, that'd be bananas. You, you never know, really. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the other thing. I watched a little bit of uh, La Milana 2. Okay. So, because uh, Playism was there and they were showing off a couple games and La Milana 2 was one of them. So that looks like uh, a really solid platforming game as well. Uh, it's an adventure games where you play... Like an Indiana Jones type character going through all these temples, but the temple's completely full of traps, so you have to try to avoid all of them to try to get try to get to the end. It was a big sure. adventure game that came out like on the indie scene a couple years ago, or probably even longer than that mm-hmm. at this point. But so it, this is the sequel I that think it's in my Steam account. Yeah, it got Kickstarter backed, uh, I think like a month ago. <clears throat> okay. So it's it's well anticipated. Right. Think. Well, any other highlights that you can think of from PAX East? Um, being home. <laughs> being home. Yeah, I guess so. <sighs> that, this, uh, I this... thought your panel was pretty cool. I'm, I'm glad. That was your first time seeing it, right? No, I've been in person to see it. Oh, right. You saw the super old, like the version of PAX Prime. I forgot about that. Yeah, a couple years ago. So I guess this is probably the second time I've seen it, I guess, yeah. now that I think about it. Um, yeah, I thought that worked well. One thing I'm curious about is so you get all the prizes from fan gamer right uh, i don't know how much of this you can talk about uh the we buy them off of fan gamer yeah but that's that's all the stuff like the the clothing the oh pants. it's not given by no, fan gamer? uh it was the first year but we felt bad that we were asking for so much so we just like we buy it and i think sometimes they hook us up with a discount because we know a bunch of people that work there but it's only because we're oh, also okay. buying in bulk so What's the de- why the decision of like giving so much to the winner as opposed to just giving like like spreading it out like still have like a main prize but see the way it just the, seems here's like- the way that the actual thing worked it just happened that he just played so good he got so many prizes the way it works is the more like challenges you got you won the better the prize you got and then the highest winner got like the biggest prize which was like the grand prize 
It just happened that right. no one else except for the one girl who was behind us on stage actually got past three. If you got to like Something four like and that. five, you got like the fan gamer mugs and posters and shirts and stuff. Right. And that girl didn't know it was Mass Effect. I was in my room. I was going, come on, that's Mass Effect. What are you talking about? Dude, a lot of the people that go to those don't know a lot of the different challenges we have there. That's fair. There was a bunch that I just didn't know, but other ones where I was like, dude, come on, Prince of the Cosmos. The one the one that I've gotten the most, I guess, <clears throat> shit for, or like I say, the contestant got the most shit for, was the 10-year-old kid who played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1. And didn't know how to play and only got like 100 points. Oh, okay. Huh. So like a lot of people were giving him shit. I don't shit. know how good I could do at that game anymore. But yeah, and you know, everyone has their blind spots. Yeah. So for sure, for sure. Um, and yeah, you had a Payday 2 question. As soon as that happened, my eyes just rolled because I was like, of course. <laughs> of course this made it in there. You can't be surprised. But, but again, I that was another one where I was like, that's Payday 2. Come on, how do you not know? That soundtrack's fantastic. Let's go. I, I think like the next challenge was like a Hotline Miami one. So I just I picked, it, picked in stuff that like was indie related to, I guess, for lack of a better term. Like, but still kind of popular. I was surprised fans of yours wouldn't just have Payday 2 memorized now. <laughs> The, so uh, the guy who went up there was a something awful guy, but he, and he it said like, I specifically like have not played Payday, so I don't know the soundtrack. Oh okay, I just figured like you've probably showed that game so much now, like everyone just knows it. Kinda but, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was my PAX experience. It was great. Cool. It was great. Cool. cool. I guess I'll get into what I played. I actually played a, a bunch this week. All right. Well, um, that makes up for the nothing I played. So. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. I actually played more than this. Um, again, the last part. Okay, so um, I checked out the latest update to FTL. Ooh, how was it? Uh, yeah, because it got. Um, it's really kind of baked in. You have to first off, you have to enable it. So if you start up FTL, you make sure you click like enable for the new content. Um, so I didn't really get to see a ton of just specifically the new stuff. It was more just like I played about a two like half versions of it. Or I should say half versions of it, like two half quests, um, and it's just kind of baked in. There, yeah, it's interesting to see just new stuff happening. However, I feel like I didn't play enough of the first one to totally be like, "Wow, this is so brand new." It just kind of seems like it felt the same. This could have been a lot of it. Kind of felt the same because a lot of it I didn't know if it was genuinely new or just something I didn't encounter before because I didn't play a ton before. But uh, some stuff I could definitely notice is they added some more UI elements, like you can kind of set. Um, uh, like a placement system for your people so that if you have to like move them around because something's on fire you can just hit enter for them to all return so handling the ship got a lot smoother and nicer thank god that was like um, my biggest complaint with the original ftl was just like too much micromanagement i guess like to a fault yeah i feel like that was part of like its charm though is you wanted to like micromanage i, I guess but when it's at a point where it's like yeah we didn't bother closing the door when we walked through it's just like what why are you that lazy right. But I do love the fact that it's like, man, we need more firepower. Cut the power to engines. Put it all in, you know, the missiles. Let's. We gotta destroy this. Oh thing. no, all, and that's that's great. fantastic. That's like one of the cool things those, I like about it. Those are the coolest things. So, but yeah, no, some of the micromanaging uh, has gotten streamlined a bit, which is nice. And there's new like rock people that are like really strong and they fight with you and whatnot. You can also purchase a cloning machine. So if one of your characters gets killed in some way, you can bring a clone of them back. Wait, weren't the rock people already in the game? I seem to remember when I streamed it, I had rock people in my team. Maybe. I know there is one new race. I thought it was rock people, but again, it could have been. I might be wrong. Where... I might be wrong, but I thought for sure I had already seen rock people. 
I'm, some, I know someone in the chat race, will have this covered. Rock people seemed new, but I, like I said, it, it might just be because I didn't play enough of it beforehand. But anyways, um, pretty pretty great update for free if you have it on PC. So definitely enjoyed that. I finished uh, Tropical Freeze hey. two two nights ago or whatever. Um, my my review on Comic Book Ben actually just went up before we started streaming right now. Um, that game is fantastic. Did you beat it 100% or did you just get to the end? I got to the end because I'm not a crazy person. Oh, come on. Um, yeah, no, I got to the end. And I, and I, I, I guess it. by 100%, I mean, did you unlock the secret world? No. Okay. Uh, I didn't even get all the side uh, levels because I got to keep moving. Fair enough. You had to review it. Starting at like world five or I think maybe even six, five or six, it gets like incredibly hard like it is insane some of the stuff they want you to do but um no really good the silhouetted levels are in just amazing again i didn't play a ton of the first uh country returns mm -hmm. did the silhouetted stages have any color in them or were they just like black uh red was predominant because <clears throat> it was a sunset okay because now what they've done is they've made they've brought color into the silhouetted stage so instead of like black silhouettes it'll be shades of green Ooh, or okay. shades of blue so did you but they're all still like solid blocks of color like is they look so good I'll, I'll point it in returns like the original of the reboots i've only gotten one silhouette stage so if there are more i haven't i don't know okay okay but either way those look great specifically there was this one stage and again i want to say the music is so good in that game mm -hmm. but there's this one stage it's a silhouetted one i think it's on world six which is the last world before the secret one by the way it's a silhouetted stage where there's a constant avalanche happening and you're jumping on little platforms that are slowly getting destroyed as you climb up a falling avalanche and it's silhouetted with shades of gray and there's like a piano piece going in the background like it's that this perfect really cool yeah no it's like this perfect storm of like i never i never want to leave like you're just doing like like i'm climbing up an avalanche and there's this like melodic piano melody just it like it's such a great stage like there are so many moments in that game that are just like the biggest thing i pointed out in the review is the presentation and how that game presents itself is fantastic. The camera angles that it plays with when things are blowing up and flying around the screen, like that just game, that game knows how to show off what's going on in just the most fantastic and beautiful way. And yeah, that's a fantastic platformer for the Wii U. So like it's Mario 3D World and it's Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Those that game is fantastic. Yeah, it's just just for heads up, the guy who did the music for Tropical Freeze, same guy who did the music on the first three Donkey Kong countries on the SNES. Okay, so it's, da cool. it's David Wise cool, again. Cool, cool. There you go. Um, and then that goes in complete parallel to I've been playing Yoshi's New Island, which is so boring. Yes, thank you. Like I'm trying to go through that game, and I play like two stages, and I'm like, I just this game is so boring. Oh my gosh, like. Don't, and I guess it's it's bad that I come coming off Donkey Kong where there was just constant like impulse fun impulses going into my eye holes and then Yoshi's is just slow and easy and you jump forever so it's really easy the music's not cool mm -hmm. oh it's so boring I just don't want to keep playing it like it's I was so like hard I was to get saying, this game finished when I ranted about it last podcast all the good stuff's really in the last world. 
like the the good music there, the that, good gameplay, so everything. But I it's guess just I'm looking a, forward to a, that. It's such a slog to get there. Oh my god. One question I had for you that you you didn't recall last time that I double checked was during the um, when Yoshi transforms for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you're like tilting the system to do stuff. It does automatically turn the 3D off. So okay. that's a good to see. It's smart enough to know that you know if I start moving this thing around, it's gonna freak out. So like um, Dream Team, it knows when to turn it off. So that's that's good to see. But yeah, I'm just nothing in that game is compelling me to like want to play the next stage. Where are you in it right now? I'm in World Three. My God, and you haven't even been doing the secret stages either. So, I mean, if you're having that no. problem now, then, God, I can't imagine how, like, other people feel. Yeah, I'm just, like, and, again, coming off Donkey Kong where every stage is different and unique and there's something cool happening in it, this one's just, hey, here's another stage with a bunch of flowers. Here's one with a bunch of clouds. Here's three with a bunch of clouds. Like, it's like, ugh. What? This is, I don't want to play this game. Ugh. <laughs> I'm so sorry, dude. Ho- the the Nintendo games with new in the title should be avoided. I'm just hoping that Kirby and Mario Golf end up being good. And those are supposed to be coming out end of this month or beginning of May. I can't remember. Uh, I keep forgetting. I it's mid-May. I, it's, definitely in, it's definitely in May. I'll, I'll, I think it's I'll look it up while we're moving <clears> I know for game. sure it's May. Here's one of the coolest things I played this week. All right. Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. Yeah, you recommended it to me before I got on my flight, but I didn't actually try it out on the flight. And I really wish Nathan was here because this seems like a game that he would love too. But so, do you recall when they announced Rusty's Real Deal Baseball? Yeah. Oh, and just before we Nintendo? before we keep going, uh, May second. There you go, May. Um, this was an intent the not the most recent Nintendo Direct, but I believe the one beforehand when we actually got some cool news. Mm-hmm. But the big thing about Rusty's Real Deal Baseball is first off, the Real Deal has two meanings the first meaning is there are in-game purchases with actual money but you can haggle the price to get a deal which is pretty interesting and kind of cool to do but here's the thing rusty is a old like 70 year old dog who used to be an, a professional baseball player rusty slugger and his wife is divorcing him <laughs> what so yeah, so his wife has left him and his 10 kids what? to fend for themselves. Yeah, here's the thing. The real deal, the second meaning, is he's in the middle of a divorce and he's like at his wit's end and he's going to go out of business. Holy shit. That is the real deal in Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. I kid you not, this is a first party Nintendo game. That's about baseball minigames. <laughs> yeah it gets better so rusty on his last room he's like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna buy all these sweet baseball mini games from nintendo that can be played on your 4ds and you get stuff like he doesn't know how to cook so all the kids are just like burning down his kitchen because he doesn't even know how to make macaroni and cheese and by the way all of his kids look identical (laughs) And even they can't tell each other apart, and they keep joking about that. So, like, when you start the game, you have to pick one of his kids to be, like, your little buddy that kind of is a tutorial person. And you get a list of ten dogs, and they all look exactly the same. (laughs) They just have different names, and they all work exactly the same, but they just give you that weird choice for whatever reason. It's really great. Or you'll get stuff like, 
Rusty can't smell. So here's the thing: when it comes to buying the um, the mini games, Rusty will have like a problem. Like first off, you have to get him into a happy mood by giving him a donut, which you unlock donuts by playing the mini games. So like the first mini game, you get uh, a demo of it, and it'll be like just you know, it's just a batting one. You just you know hit the ball and get ten points, and then level two is you got to get twenty points, and you have three lives all the time. Sometimes like there'll be different columns. So one column will be all about uh, curveballs. One column will be all about like wacky pitches. And he, the best part, the person pitching it to you is a man in a suit whose head is a batting cage ball launcher. <laughs> so this is how it gets introduced. You, you know, so you know the ball launchers you see in batting cages. Yeah. You'll see one of those like in the grass. And then it pops out of the grass because there's a man's body attached to it. <laughs> so it, he comes from underground and just, he's not even launching the balls with his head. He's just throwing the balls to you. His head is just a ball launcher. <laughs> is is this made by the WarioWare guys? No, it's, um, well, who is it made by again? It was, no, it's the Brain Age guys. What? Because for a second I was like, is this like, these almost seem like Rhythm Heaven-esque like mini games where I'm just hitting the button kind of in time or maybe Wario like this is bananas no it's the Brain Age guys that's insane and it's just so you'll get Rusty happy and then eventually he'll be like you know what you're pretty good but you know I really wish I was able to cook for my kids like my wife used to do all the cooking but yeah she's uh she's left me now and um I, you know I was just never real good at cooking so eventually when you're unlocking the donuts if you keep playing good and you keep getting these stamps and you get to like certain waypoints on the stamps you'll unlock um like a ticket to a cooking class and you can give that to rusty and he'll be like no i got way too much pride to go to a cooking class i'm a professional baseball player and you can kind of keep presenting the the baseball or not the baseball the um the cooking class ticket to him until he finally accepts it and you'll be like you know what you're pretty good i'm gonna take a dollar off that price or I'm gonna take thirty cents off that price. You can also get around that kind of like story element haggling by unlocking coupons that will take like thirty percent off. So you have to kind of do a bit of math to see the best is. And there's guides online that'll be like the first game you purchase can't go lower than like two dollars, and all the games start at four dollars. The second game you purchase can't go lower than a dollar ninety. And so I think normally if you just bought all the games at the beginning. The game would be forty dollars, mm. but if you haggle correctly and use the coupons correctly, you can get all the games for sixteen bucks. Which that's pretty good. I also saw that street passing with the game also got <coughs> got you coupons. Get get yeah, it does get you coupons as well. I have not street passed with anyone. No one's really playing this game. Um, which I don't I don't I'm not surprised to see no one's really playing this game, but I am just in love with the fact that the real deal in Rusty's real deal baseball is that his wife has left him. And he's in a divorce. He's got a real deal to go through, man. Yeah, he's like this sad, depressing character who's always doing these little comments about how, like, man, my business is going to go under unless someone buys anything. And he'll say stuff like, man, I can't give you any lower because if I do, I'm going to be out of house and home. <laughs> or just stuff like, man, you got a great deal. Such a great deal. This might bankrupt me. Oh, my God. And it's just like, it's just like okay, I'm going to go play your baseball minigame now. <laughs> I'll come back later and buy some more stuff. I feel like this game might traumatize you if you play it. The, this game, it, oh, like, it's just, it's the weirdest, like, passive-aggressive thing. And the fact that it's a first-party Nintendo game, like, it is so interesting to me. So, if you want to see a weird, 
a weird, weird game. I highly recommend Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. I've only bought two of the minigames so far, so I've spent $3.90. Uh, I definitely plan to buy more. And obviously you need online to unlock the minigames, right? Correct, yeah. When you choose Which is to, why I didn't play it when I was on the trip, because I wouldn't have Wi-Fi. That's what I was thinking. Is like I wanted you to get it first, but I was thinking, crap, he's only going to be able to get the first little bit and uh, unless he plays a lot of it before he leaves. So it probably wouldn't have been the best yeah. thing to start with. But you could have played that demo and gotten like the first half of yeah. the first game real good. And the minigames, like, they're pretty fine. It's just like hitting the ball or aiming the ball right. So there's enough depth to them to be kind of worth it. And the number of like different challenges they'll add to one specific minigame. Like the first one you get... Even though it's just hitting pitches, there's like five levels, five different columns of levels, and an advanced mode. So you're looking at like 50 challenges to go through. Plus you get just like a unlimited mode that'll go out on Street Pass to go against your friends. Mm. You can unlock costumes for your me and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's pretty cool. I, I really like Rusty's Real Dead Baseball. Um... Another game I played start to finish was the third episode of The Wolf Among Us. Okay. Uh, yeah, that came out this week. Played through it in one go. Uh, another re- re- game I reviewed. It's up on a comic book band if people want to see that. I didn't really like that episode at all what? for the most part. <clears throat> yeah. Unfortunately, nothing really happens story-related. It kind of feels like it's dragging its feet. This is a five-chapter game, right? I, it's, it's five. I might have heard it's four, but I'm assuming... I think it's five. I think it is five. Um... But for the most part, you get a cool thing at the beginning because at the end of episode two, there was like a big revelation. So the first part of episode three, Bigsby Wolf is just like extremely mad and just like breaking shit. And it's just cool to see him being like swearing and just shouting and not. And the end is real cool because he I don't want to spoil it, but the end gets real awesome. And the tiny bit of story progression happens in the end. But for the most part, it's just kind of seems like it's waiting for the next thing to happen. And it was just kind of a bummer. Um, it might just because it's, it's the middle it's, of the book or the middle of the story that just usually... Well, if we look at Walking Dead Season 1 from Telltale, Episode 3 was the best episode. Well, never mind. So, just, just saying, usually the middle of the book not all, or the middle of the story, not always the best. I'm trying to see how many episodes are in The Wolf Among Us because if, if it is only four, then I could see how this is like trying to set up the final stage. Um, I don't know. Someone in the chat will have to have to mention that to me. <clears throat> I hope it's five, obviously. But either way, if you're playing this game, of course you're going to play that episode. Unfortunately, it just it was kind of a rotten episode. And uh, the last thing I played, I just played a little bit more of uh, Infamous Second Son. Mm-hmm. I now have the neon powers, Ooh. which look so cool. The way you get them is you do this kind of boss fight. But because you can absorb neon, you take the neon out of the neon signs, and they put you in a warehouse with a bunch of like busted neon signs, and you have to absorb enough before you can fight the person. So you're constantly making the room darker and darker so that the neon looks cooler and cooler while you're fighting. Hmm. Like it's this real great thing they threw in there. So you you basically take out all the lights, and so now the ne- neon just looks incredible while you're fighting the boss. And yeah, neon's cool. You just kind of run, and you have this trail of like neon streams behind you and whatnot. Um, that game continues to just be phenomenal looking. Still having uh, so fun. I definitely want to play more of that. I'm definitely still having fun. I've only played like maybe two hours. I've been streaming it. Actually, I wanted to bring this up. Ooh. I tried out the uh, Twitch streaming on the PS4. Okay, how is it? So thank you. For... It works so well. 
Uh, I've been told the Xbox One Twitch integration is better. I haven't tried that. But literally, I went into the options. I set up like, yes, use the top-down perspective account, tweet out to my normal Twitter, and I can choose my audio quality. I can choose, like, what will happen is it'll take the screen, and it'll shrink it while you're broadcasting. Mm -hmm. And then on the right side, it'll show you how many people are watching, how many combat comments have been said if i had the camera hooked up it'll show my picture there and then in the bottom you can have it you can click the option so that the comments will kind of scroll on the bottom so whenever there's a new comment that'll pop up so you don't even need to have like a, a second monitor or something with twitch there nice. you can just watch your game yeah super easy starts immediately goes straight out i've had a bunch of people in the chat say it looks awful but i did set the video quality to like the lowest because i was like i don't want it to be chugging along i moved that up to best so i need to try that this time but uh, it works fine on my end. And the coolest thing is you can just plug a USB headset into the PS4 and it picks that up. Huh. So not even into the controller or anything. You don't need to use that little thing that it came with or a special one that plugs into the controller. I plugged my PC headset into the PS4 and I was talking into it. Cool. That was that was really cool. I, I was... The ease that it set that up, that's how easy it should be. And I was extremely happy to see that. Um, and then with that, let's go into the news. All right, let's see what's going on. A lot of happened because this is what a week, week and a half now. Because we didn't get to do an episode last week because packs. Right. Um. So I'm gonna leave the big thing for the end. All right. Uh, a few things were announced at packs and just before packs. A lot of these are just kind of release date related things, so we'll go through them pretty quick. Um, I'm actually gonna go through this whole thing backwards because that's the order in which I saw it. Okay. Johnny Gat was announced for Dive Kick Edition Edition. Yeah, can't believe it. So when I saw this, I was like, "This seems like John is gonna love it. Like it's like the a perfect most for John. sensible edition for Dive Kick you could have done if you're gonna have a crossover. Is have the chat is also saying there are sorry to interrupt. Chat is saying there are five episodes for Wolf Among Us, so that's a bummer. All right. <clears throat> Anyways, yeah. First off, Dive Kick. Uh, the addition edition is funny. Yep. That's a great, that's pretty good. And then, yeah, Johnny Gat is a playable character. He, he's apparently getting added in, I think, in addition, edition plus. I think is what. There's another I one? Think, no? I think addition, edition's already out, and then he's in addition, edition plus. He, they were demoing him at PAX, but obviously I didn't get to see it. <clears throat> this video I saw just says Johnny Gat will be in dive kick addition edition all right well then never mind. maybe it's just in i heard something about him being in addition edition plus but i guess he's just in addition edition. okay but yeah that's that's kind of cool um does that get you excited to try out dive kick edition edition well i mean they're already balancing out things for it and i believe all the, i think it's just a downloadable patch for those who bought the game isn't it i have no idea I haven't really i'm pretty sure it, if they're making so. if they're making you buy the game again i highly doubt it but then again that game's that game's also like two dollars on ps3 so well, here's the thing. If it was just a download, would that excite you enough to load up that game again and play Probably, because apparently they're rebalancing everyone, too. That's a proper fighting game. If you had to pay for it, is that enough for you to buy the game again? Depends on the money that they're asking for. Ten bucks. No. Okay, five bucks. No. Wow, okay. Two, <clears throat> right. two bucks or lower, baby. Keep in mind, like... Street Fighter puts out balance updates all the time for, like, full retail price. Yeah, but they also add, like, six characters. Right. Oh, is this the only character they're yeah. adding? Oh, I see. Okay. Um, Supergiant Games announced, this was before PAX, that Transistor is coming May 20th to PS4 and PC. I can't wait. Didn't we? I guess this wasn't in last week's top down. Or last top down. Never mind. This was not last week's top, not the last top down. No. Um... 
Last one, the last top down we talked about like Fire TV. There wasn't much news. Fair enough. But like you said, we kind of had to miss an episode last week because of a uh, schedule stuff. So there's, it's been a bit. Um, at PAX, Harmonix announced a record run, a rhythm runner coming to mobile. I haven't seen anything about this. I don't even have a link to it. Here's here's what I've heard about I, it so far. Um, so it's basically okay. like uh, was it Jungle Run or Temple Run on like on portable phones? But you're thinking Temple Run. I'm thinking Temple Run. Okay, cool. But uh, the path that you go through is based on your music. Sweet. So it's like a what's that game? Procedurally generated, based on your music. Uh, Audio. No. What's that Audio game? surf is what, what you're thinking game? of. Audio surf. Yes. Okay. It's the audio surf. I was of hoping it was going to be like a side-scrolling runner, like you know that cannibal. I don't know if it is. Or... If it's not, that's the literally the only things I know so far is that it's that kind of like endless runner, but based on your music. Cool. Well, hey, that's good. So harmonics, they know fun games. So Super Time Force is coming late May, early June. So we gotta go through Transistor real fast it... because I can't wait for Super Time Force. That's gonna be oh man. May's May's heating up, man. Yeah, like, May's gonna be a good shit. month. It's, it's always right before E three is pretty decent, and then like after it's good too, and then like July and August are usually like dry. we're in the lull right now because like end of March, beginning of April was bananas. So we're in the lull right now, and it's gonna heat up right again. Like man, okay. At PAX, they announced PAX South, San Antonio, Texas, in January. Mm-hmm. So is that another conference you're gonna be going to in January? Possibly not because it's the same weekend of the con I usually go to in January. Uh, it's oh, did they, have they announced the date? Apparently, they announced the date, and it's like uh, whatever the first, the last weekend of January is. Let me see if I can get the actual date. Isn't wait? Are you, you're talking Magfest, right? Yeah, Magfest is usually the beginning of the year, but apparently this year it's uh, it's the end of the month. Yeah, like whatever the, the yeah, weekend. Yeah, remember of, this the year, the like, went on a plane on January first. Yeah, apparently this year Magfest, like for once, was actually going to be like the end of the month, so twenty third to twenty fifth. And supposedly that's when PAX is as well, which means right. we're gonna have to choose which one we go to. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> that's a weird time for PAX. I feel like that's very similar to PAX East, in which not a lot of g- new games are coming out. Like, in fact, pa- this one is gonna be right after all the big games were coming out. Yeah, like, and then it's three months before East. I, well, actually, you know, to be fair, like this February and stuff, we were getting quite a bit of like big names. So, I'm pretty sure the idea is that uh, it's not everyone's supposed to go to all the PAXs. So it's mainly for people who like live down in the southern part of the U.S. or like other countries that sure. below that that can't make it usually. Right. Right. Um, drinks, bo- drinks box Studios. So the guys behind Guacamole mm-hmm. and something else oh um glockamele and glockamele super turbo championship edition no and those other games i liked that were on the vita about mutant blobs attack there we go um announced severed it looks cool it has their unique their great art style again so i'm always excited for drinkbox studio i believe they're canadian Ooh, okay so, I don't know why, but that reminded me of another game I watched at PAX. I cannot remember the name of it, but basically it was an adventure game, but it was a dramatic adventure game, like telling a story. the The area I walked in in was you were two guys were being tortured, and you had like options of like how to like respond to them while they're torturing you, and how to try to figure out how to get out of it. 
it like you could like t- you, you, this, uh, this was a PC game. I, I can I have the materials for it in my suitcase, which is in the other room. So, what do you mean you have the materials for it? Like someone gave you? Some yeah, they, they gave me a, like they gave me a pamphlet. Oh, I see. Okay, I don't know what this is. Yeah, so so it, it seemed really cool though. It was just like them telling like a crazy story and like you can influence with your choices. Um, this next one, I thought this was just kind of this isn't much of a, a news story. I just thought it was super interesting. So a while back we had. PAX announced the Diversity Lounge mm-hmm. was going to be a thing. Do you remember yep. that? So um, we have this... I don't know who this is. Brianna Lindsay. She just made like a post on Facebook or something. Apparently she was a, someone working at the Diversity Lounge. And she just kind of posted her thoughts. And I just thought this would be kind of interesting to like t- go back and touch like how did this thing turn out. Because when, when it was announced, people were like, this sounds awful. This is super weird. I'm pretty sure we were like, this seems just kind of silly or whatever. Yeah. I don't remember our exact comments, but we definitely talked about it. So she has just a few points. I'll just kind of like read them, um, read them verbatim. Um, so she says, you know, PAX is winding down. I had a lot of people ask me about the diversity hub. Here are my thoughts. So it's the first room you see right in in the right hallway. It's a major high traffic area. The doors are always open to increase traffic. So I guess that's good. That it's in the, a good spot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she said the room is bright there are beanbags to hang out on tables uh, to game on people have been using the lounge as a place to hang out the enforcers were excellent and played fun music so it seemed just like another kind of hangout area I'm picturing kind of like where Nintendo handheld games usually are kind of with those beanbags around there or whatever I don't know if you even saw this I walked past it okay did it seem like a friendly and inviting place somewhat but it was just weird seeing like them just kind of being regaled to like a, a room Right. Well, I, th- I, I, from what I remember, I think it was just supposed to be something of like a place of like safety because Pax has become kind of weird with you know Gabe and all that. I don't know. Like you know? when I when I first heard the lounge, I thought it would be like some open area, just kind of off like to the side or something like that. So just see. Well, that's what it seems like this is. Well, I mean, like no, but by, by open area, I mean like if you're walking in the hall, like you would just you would be literally walking past it, not like oh here's like a room. If I go through this room, I'm suddenly in like what a, a mini expo hall of like all these other events like uh GamerCon or gay mercon uh advertisements and just right. like other things like that actually yeah sorry side topic that i just remembered about that gamer x the gamer con yep. just announced this week that the convention hap- that they're doing which is in july which is their second one second annual one is their last one they're shutting it down so that's sad to hear that um Anyway, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Did you, did you need no, to that was pretty much it. <clears throat> okay. Uh, her third point was that Penny Arcade made um, diversity lanyards, and also they printed out schedules for social advocacy talks, and uh, this is the first to have the official swag packing backing from PAX for the LGBT community. So I guess you know, the people behind PAX were also helping out with the diversity lounge to make it, I don't know, filled with info and stuff. So that's good. It's good to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she even said that Mike made a point to visit us and play test uh, his game with us. He does like a tabletop game. Um, and uh, being we, she was talking about two of the press XY panelists. I don't really know what that is. I'm assuming it was a an LGBT panel. Yeah, sounds right. Uh, <clears throat> apparently Twitter got really negative about that, but she thought it was good that Mike came and connected with that community. That sounds good too. Mm. Uh, and then our last point is that Penny Arcade made sure there was a trans-safe bathroom with the gender-neutral bathroom. 
was not aware of this. So, yeah. So apparently they must have cordoned off some bathrooms um, for a general neutral bathroom and a trans safe bathroom. That's, I think that's pretty interesting. Mm. So anyways, yeah, not a huge news topic. I just thought that was so many people kind of made a big thing about it. I didn't hear anyone talking about how that happened, how that turned out. I wanted to make sure we kind of touched on that. It's probably because those who would have actually made a big stink about it didn't go near it. Maybe. I have no idea. It, 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 from the sounds of it, it doesn't seem like a ton of people probably were there. Otherwise, you probably would have mentioned. We had a huge turnout or something like that. <clears throat> I don't know if you saw if there was tons of people there or not. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah, I thought that was cool that, that happened. It seemed like Penny Arcade was behind it and helped out. So that's good to see. Hmm. That can only be good. Anyways, last bit of news. The big piece of news Oof. was that we had a Nintendo Direct last week, and then the internet kind of exploded. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot to learn about Smash Brothers. That was a lot. So, coincidentally, just on the last episode, we were talking, yo, man, where's my Smash Dojo, where they show tons of cool things about Smash all the time? They clearly were holding it all off for this Nintendo Direct. Mm. So, I'll kind of go through what we got. If there's any highlights you want to bring up, I, I, I live tweeted the whole thing, so most of my comments are already on my Twitter feed, but uh, yeah, I'll try to chime in with what I think of. Right. Yeah, in case people missed it, or so we have it archived. We have a launch date. 3DS one is in the summer. Uh, the Wii U one is this fall. I think that's fantastic because it'll keep my interest level up on Smash Bros. Otherwise, if those had just come out, I would have burned out and just been done with it, like I did for me, uh, Brawl. Hmm. I don't know what you think. Sorry, the, just like the Nintendo Direct, you mean? Or? Just like the staggered release. I think it's a little weird. It makes okay. sense, but there's got to be more of a draw to the Wii U version than what they're hinting at right now, because it just seems like, why? Like, why would I buy the Wii U one, except for the fact that, you know, like, we can play on the TV when I can already get the 3DS one, which I assume is also going to be cheaper. Like, they didn't say that the prices were going to be different, but I assume the prices will be different. Oh, of course it'll be cheaper. Yeah. It's a 3DS game versus Like, it's going to be a hard sell. So. Like, they're, I think they're doing damage, essentially, to the Wii U version, even though it looks really good. I think it's just not going to sell as well. I don't think so. Like, having two copies, I feel like... Like, the fact that if they both came out at the same time, I bet a tons of people, specifically kids, that maybe they can only get one game every now and then. Mm. You know, the parents get them one game. It's going to be, which one do you want? Well, I want, you know, I, I guess I want the one for the Wii U, or I guess I want, they could pick one. Whereas having it split up, like, at least for me, it gets me interested. Yeah, I'm playing my 3DS one, cool. And, oh, hey, there's different stuff coming out in this Wii U one. I'll get the Wii U one, because now that's the new hotness. Maybe, I don't, I don't that's know. That's I'm looking at it. Uh, it keeps the excitement level lasting longer, they, regardless. They did tease a lot of stuff, like, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of different modes in it. But here's the thing that I find surprising. They said that both games will have the same roster, which means, theoretically, they're not going to add any characters to the Wii U version unless, A, DLC, or B, uh, having both versions unlocks characters in both. Like, say, like the Wii U version has exclusive characters that if you connect your 3DS to a copy of it, you unlock them in your 3DS one. I'm assuming it's going to be the former, in which if they'll have DLC characters that'll come out for both. Mm. If they do DLC characters, or they might just be like, nope, this is what we're sticking with, and that's the end of that. Who knows? They said it. They made it seem like they're kind of focused, trying to do a lot of online stuff. Yeah. They meant they mentioned a lot of like the. Uh, they mentioned the whole online segment, 
which glory mode yeah is the best idea ever. Pretty much. The, that's the best compromise they could have done with Smash Brothers. Have a mode for everyone who takes like the competitive game seriously and everyone who just wants to just goof off. So for those who don't know, Glory Mode, basically what it does is it turns every stage into Final Destination. So you get just a flat platform with like no items or whatever. But the stage still looks and sounds like their original stage. Which, that's great. Because like, I grew up, I only played Final Destination. I started going to like tournaments to watch. Everyone was only playing Final Destination. Like, I didn't even need to, like, talk to people to be like, no, dude, Final Destination is the thing. It was just, you just, just players figured out all we want is Final Destination if we're being, like, serious about this. I think this is the best in- incorporation of, like, we listened to the fans and we did this incredible thing. Yeah. That's such a good idea. Because eventually, yeah, you get tired of that Final Destination song. You want to hear KK Slider singing to you. So there you go. <clears throat> um... There's, yeah, and then there's also normal fun modes where you can customize all the stuff. You've got new characters, Greninja. So I feel like that isolated, or not isolated, capitalized on my topic that Greninja looks awesome and that weird fire fox thing that I ended up yep. with is still bullshit. Well, Fennekin's just a normal summoning Pokemon, like the, the devolved version, so. Right, yeah, they didn't even put the third stage because that thing sucks. <laughs> it's got like a wand, like a loser. Greninja's a playable character. I picked the wrong starter. Uh, also Charizard because Japan loves Charizard. I don't. Also, get Also, he was in Brawl technically, so. But he was one of three. Yeah. Well, like, that, what's Charizard was the Charizard, Charizard was the best of the three. I always liked Ivysaur, man. Ivysaur was good in Project M, but I believe I'm That's pretty true. sure the original three Charizard was the best in like in, in right. Vanilla Brawl. Yoshi now stands on stands up straight, just like Bowser does um, now. I don't, okay, I didn't remember that part. Uh, all the split characters have now been split into separate characters, so Zelda and Sheik are separate. I'm actually surprised they did that because, like, like who cares about Sheik anymore? Like, I'm surprised they're still putting Sheik in the there. The reason they're putting Sheik in there is because that's what a lot of <clears throat> the players used to use. Like, Sheik was one of the best characters in well, Melee. a lot of the players used to use, like, Roy or whatever. He's Like, they take characters out all the time. Roy was actually pretty low tier. Everyone used Marth. I used Roy. <laughs> Why did they ruin this game for me specifically? Yeah. Why did Nintendo hate me, okay? Uh, Zero Suit Samus. I'm just trying to think of on, like, when was the last time this character was relevant in video games? Sheik is not relevant. Zero Suit Samus is not relevant. Like, anyways, yeah, Zero Suit Samus and Samus Zero Suit Samus has at least been in a, a recent-ish game. It was another M. What? As, like, a cutscene character, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, but she also had short hair, so it's not this Zero Suit Samus. No, she didn't. She just had her hair tied up in that game. No, she totally had like a. You're thinking like flat. You're thinking flashback Samus. Which is when she's okay. She, when there she are three. There are three when... Samuses in Zero Suit Samus: Armored Samus, Flashback <laughs> Samus, and Zero Suit Samus. I don't remember Zero Suit Samus. Do you play as no, Zero Suit Samus? No, you don't play as either of them. You just play as Armored Samus. But, like, Flashback okay. Samus is in the cutscenes, like, through the beginning, and so is Zero Suit. During current day? Yes. Huh. Well, clearly it was memorable. I can tell. <laughs> <clears throat> Little Mac, they talked about how he sucks in the air. Yep. Uh, he's, like, apparently, like, super yep. powerful on the ground, but since, because he's a boxer, but, like, once you get him in the midair, he can't really punch things very well. 
I don't know. I st I yeah. like that's a good way to balance out Little Mac. I think make him a powerhouse on the ground. Comet Strider in the chat has it right. Roy's our boy. Roy's our boy. That's right. That is right. And, and then All Victor right. also says um, nobody used Roy. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I think I used Roy. Okay, I loved Roy. <laughs> he was strong. He was stronger than Marth. But anyway, he hurt himself using uh, his freaking B attack. You don't use it. Use his smash attacks, man. It's all about using his fast attack. But that's right. He was just so powerful. He hurt himself. Um, but yeah, also Little Mac has like a one has like a a, a meter above his health now yeah. that when it like fills up, he has a one like a one hit KO attack. Did they say like if you got um, hit if it dropped down? I couldn't remember. They did not mention that. I don't. I think when no no when when you got hit, it goes up. It's like the percentage. Oh it, oh, it's actually the opposite. Okay. So it goes up with it's like tied to the percentage kind of. So the closer you are to death, the like more powerful you are kind of. At, with that punch at least, not just in general like Lucario or whatever. Um they talked briefly about uh the Wii Fit trainer which still sounds like the best character in the world. I saw a part where she was doing like a pu a push-up and like kind of crawling push-up around as part of her movement, and that's great. I am so happy the Wii Fit trainer is in this game. <laughs> um they talked a bit about um, the uh, the villager from Animal Crossing. His super smash is Tom Nook. I, I thought that was great. amazing. That's perfect. That's perfect. <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty good. That guy's terrifying and so awesome. Um, I'm trying to think. Boss characters will show up in stages, so that's new. Yeah, so they showed off someone, uh, Yellow Devil from the Mega Man series. And they teased Ridley. Right. Um, they are splitting up the Pokeball to have Pokeballs and Master Balls, which would be the rare Pokemon. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, you can also do custom move sets, which I I don't like. I don't like a lot of custom. Keep, keep in mind ability. that's only for local play. Online, you, it doesn't work. Well, I'm not gonna play online. Well, I'm probably then, only playing local. Yeah, I guess that's that. I just. I, I guess my problem with customizing movesets is eventually it'll be like, well, no, you use this specific customization because it has been determined this is the best, so why would you use anything else? The customization is useless. That's my stance on uh, customized movesets. Yeah, I'll see what they do. Because, I mean, like, I'm, they showed, like, it changing how, like, your fireballs <coughs> worked and stuff like that. Right. Um... Trying to think if there was anything else mentioned. I think the 3DS game looks really nice with its art style. But that's not that's that's not like that's new or anything. And they showed off the um, 3DS specific mode, uh, Smash Run, right. which is basically the, City Trial. That's the Kirby yeah. Air Ride. Yeah. Which as and soon as I saw that, Kirby's Air Ride. When I saw that, I was like, no way. Yeah. No. And I even tweeted out like, man, I tried telling you people Kirby's Air Ride is serious business. I, I'm psyched Man, for that. Like I'm absolutely GameCube psyched. era, GameCube era, Nintendo games don't mess around, right? So, yeah, it's a, uh, it looks pretty interesting. I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited. Uh, which I wasn't really beforehand, so I'm, this is why Smash Dojo needs to be awesome. But they just kept everything for this. So there you go. There was actually now the chat reminded me one more Nintendo Direct. Uh, Tamagotchi Life. Tomo, Tomodachi. Tomodachi Collection or Tomodachi Life. Sorry, Tomodachi Life. Which, that is like the best 10 minute trailer I've like ever seen. I haven't seen, I've seen game. just a picture of people walking around a virtual boy screaming, all hail the virtual boy. Yeah. What, what is this? I totally missed this. It's, it kind of, it basically looks like The Sims or Animal Crossing, but with Miis. 
And it's just, you kind of just live your life, but you can just do wacky stuff. And the way they set up all the wacky stuff is like Bill Trinan from Nintendo of America is like confessing his love to a me that looks like Samus Aran. And then all of a sudden, a me that looks like Reggie comes out of the sand because they're on a beach and he's all muscular and he's like, no way, I love you. And then Iwata come in a wetsuit comes out of the ocean and he's like, no, I love you. It's... Oh, it's so crazy. It is so crazy. Are you recommending I go watch it? I'm, it's 10 minutes long, but it is definitely worth it. There's a bunch of... Because you can customize like what the voices, but it all just sounds like MIDI, like Microsoft Sam kind of talking, but they put music behind it. Oh, it is so weird. It is classic, like, like weird Nintendo, like Japanese-style Nintendo, but Bill Trin's also doing it. Like, it's one of the reasons, like, I don't want Nintendo to go away because you do weird things mm. so thank you i if you i would highly recommend watching the 10 minute uh tomodachi life thing it almost makes me want to get that game when it comes out this summer um that's gonna do it for the news we have so many questions to go through all right so i guess it's time we go to emails i <laughs> i had yes. a bunch of people talk to me at uh, packs about the podcast and they were like we love it when you do the email thing i'm like all right whatever oh yeah i'm like i'll, I'm I'll keep doing that's it cool that we had uh I, we had some pa- uh, top down respective i, I was like i wonder if i should probably just like ease off on that. i was like no we actually enjoy that don't worry keep it going i'm like all right that's great i'm glad to hear a lot of your fans listen to the podcast that's definitely real cool um so I'm, i didn't copy these all over so i'll just read them aloud sure. i'm gonna start at twitter for those listening, if you want to send us questions, uh, it's topdownrespective at gmail.com. It's on Twitter at TDP Podcast, or it is on the Facebook group. Just search Top Down Perspective. And um, you should also review us on iTunes so we can beat the EverQuest mid RuneScape. RuneScape. Are you just doing it on purpose now? <laughs> Nathan's not here to be upset about ne- it, so now I have to do it. We're trying it. We're. We're trying to beat the Neverwinter Nights podcast. Uh, Neverwinter Nights, there's a game. EverQuest Next is coming out, and it's going to destroy us. So we need your guys' reviews. It helps boost us up. We don't want to be behind uh, Star Wars The Old Republic podcast forever. Here is the first question from... Actually, I'm going to skip that one because it's about Smash Bros. And we just talked about it. Here's one from the Juker. HD remakes good to regain interest in a series. In a series, pointless. Does it lead to disasters like Silent Hill HD? Would you prefer a new entry? <clears throat> HD remakes make sense, but I mean, it's got to be a long enough gap between the two. Sure. Otherwise, you're not really upraising it that much. Exactly. <clears throat> well, here I ask you this: The uh, Last of Us for PS4 is coming out this summer. Mm-hmm. Is that a long enough gap? That's an entire year. Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, can't, it was a launch title. Like, is that a long enough gap? It's a, We're looking at about a year each time. Hmm. I don't know. I think that's a bit overkill. But, I mean, I can understand for those two games because of the, the uh, console gap. So okay. those, those make sense, but I don't know. I wouldn't really call them well, most, per se. Most HD editions do have a console gap. That's why they're able to say HD. Well, no, no. Well, okay. But yeah, there's also usually like, let's use Eco and Shadow of the Colossus for an example. That HD collection came sure. out like what? 
uh, seven years after Eco came out, and like maybe five. Yeah, was, there was a huge gap. Yeah, sure. And then like I see like the Rayman HD collections and Ratchet and Clank stuff like that. But then like I guess in the case of I don't really find them HD versions. Like I wouldn't call like the jump to PS4 an HD version. I just call that an, higher, I just call higher that, resolution. Yeah, it's weird because like always in the first year of a new console, you find like the ports. So that's just a, uh, to right. me those are just ports, nothing okay. more. So you're saying it becomes an HD remake not just because of the name, but if it's been long enough. Kind of, yeah. Okay, so so do you appreciate them, or would you just prefer like a new entry in the series? I, that's tough. I kind of want both, to be honest, because <coughs> I appreciate them for the fact that they can bring the game that people might have not might have missed the first time around to a wider audience. But at the same time, like if that, they, I would rather have get a new game in most of those series. But maybe they're using the HD remake to gar to like gauge whether or not there's enough interest to do a new entry. So I mean, they're also somewhat important. Would you prefer, like, don't waste your time making an HD, just put the old version on Steam to gauge interest? Or do you think the HD is necessary? I don't think the HD is always necessary. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel that as well. Like, if I'm wanting to play a game old, that's old, it's like, well, now it just looks terrible. I'm not going to play it. Well, I mean, there are certain things that probably do need to be changed. Like, I'm glad they changed the, they fixed the frame rate in Shadow of the Colossus because that was a kind of a game killer there to some people. Sure. Sure. I can see that. Yeah, I definitely don't think they're pointless. In terms of prefer a new entry, I don't know, because I feel like if the game is good enough, like, let's bring it back, maybe that's just good enough for me. Like, there's a whole bunch of games that if they did an HD, it's like, yeah, I could play those again. Mm-hmm. That maybe I wouldn't need a new one. Because the new one, it could be, like, it could be a bad game. But the old one is a guaranteed game. However, saying that kind of sucks because, you know, all Nintendo does is make their same games again, and we're constantly wanting new stuff. So I'm a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Someday. Who knows? Someday. Um, AC writes in, what do you think of other competitors entering the console market? Do you think it's already too crowded? I'm not quite sure what he means by that. I assume he's not referring to Steam boxes. I assume he's referring to stuff like Ouya, Amazon Fire. I think he's Fire. just referring to like if, any, if anyone tried it. Like, more, comp- more competition is think- always better. For sure. That's definitely true. I was trying to think about it, though, and I was like, you know, if you get down to it, the PS4 and the Xbox One are pretty similar. Yeah. Like, is there any point to these? Especially with the PC there that beats them all the time because it doesn't need to wait six years to upgrade. Like, it almost just becomes like, yeah, we know we have Connect, which is kind of half broken sometimes, and we have the P playstation 4i which i don't even know if anyone's using that besides having sex on that one on that one streaming thing they have on the ps4 mm-hmm. what if you guys combined your forces and made a real cool camera like i don't know so i'd say like i don't think we need any more consoles there's already too many i don't right? remember that the most we've had at one point was four consoles on the market so we had xbox dreamcast ps2 and and 64 gamecube well, I'd say we have four now if you include the PC. <clears throat> well, I mean, if you count the PC back then, then that's five. Like, PC still sure. counts back then. Okay, yep. So, five, yep. I don't know. Um, I just I just look at it like Nintendo. 
there's no like comparison and no, no one's doing what nintendo's doing the pc does like everything yeah. except nintendo and then it's just kind of the xbox and the ps4 have their exclusives but like they're almost like the same thing too. so really it wouldn't matter if there was another console on the market unless it did something original that's that's what i would prefer like i could almost lose a console and it probably wouldn't affect me you know as long as those as long as like for whatever reason if let's say all of the microsoft games were now just on the playstation 4 i'm sure they'd look almost the exact same if not better because we keep hearing the ps4 is doing higher resolutions these days like what are we gonna miss out on connect like the ps4 is already attempting to do some connect stuff so it's like you're so similar like that was actually one of the things i mentioned in my review for donkey kong was it's not using both screens this game doesn't need to be on the wii u it's not giving me a good reason to have a wii u that's kind of a bummer Hmm. so it's just a good game that happens to be on the wii u yeah it's just a good game that has to be on the wii u but it's not using the unique interface so like like I, why do I why do I need this screen? Like I don't for this game. That's weird, especially for a first party game. Um, Dun Sparse and Diglett asked, "Did you guys see the lunar eclipse last night?" I missed it. I watched the live stream of it because uh, I would have had to have gone outside of the building. <laughs> Here's the dumb thing: I, I looked at my side of my apartment. Usually, I can see the moon from my apartment. Couldn't this night. So I'm just yeah, like, no, all right. I, uh, I actually forgot. Turns out apparently there was a bunch of fog here, which that's pretty standard for San Francisco. So I may not have been able to see it anyway. But I did, yeah, I saw pictures. I just love the whole like I'm not gonna look out some window when the computer could just show me. No, here's the thing, like it was a live stream from an observatory, so it was like super zoomed in. Yeah, no, that's cool. And like and this was this was yeah, like, this was live. And this was also just like after I'd gotten home from the airport, so I was like, I don't really want to fucking move anywhere right now. Right. That actually reminds me, this would have been a couple months ago. I was watching a live stream. Someone hooked up a camera just to look at a bald eagle's nest. Mm -hmm. So I was just at work watching, like, some baby bald eagles just kind of hanging out. Yeah, that's like panda cam and stuff like that happen all the time. Yeah, that's that's great. We live in a fent- like, we live in a great world where cameras are everywhere. This is amazing. This is so good. Hook up a GoPro to everything. That's- I want to see everything from a GoPro. (laughs) Like those people when the plane when the planes like hit each other and they just jumped out and skydive and survived and we got to see all that it's like when does I love being in t- the 2014 this is great bring on 2015 uh, all right next question uh, nope the rest on Twitter is people saying that our chat sucks. <laughs> all right I'm going I know we have some on the email. This one is about Smash Bros. All right. This next one from Thomas has a few questions. First, have you ever had any non-Tiny Tower games that you've spent hundreds of hours into regardless of whether it was healthy or not? Payday 2? I played like over 300 hours of Pokemon Gold. (laughs) Um, So yes, I don't know how healthy that was. It was a portable system, so I probably had to walk around. Probably not while playing uh, it. Second, <clears throat> probably you know, knowing me, probably while playing Fair it. Fair enough. Second, with the Twitch plays Pokemon fad going on, would you like to see any other games with that system? Say like Tetris or the Legend of Zelda. The thing is, people already did that. Like while Twitch plays Pokemon was in like, like its highest point, 
people did like tetris pokemon wheel of fortune family feud just whatever they could think of and try also to... the fact that he adds like while the fat is going on i feel like that fat is like done i kind of let me just it's not even that like as soon as the first game ended it was like oh you're just doing it again like whatever well like i feel was, like it would there take, were a decent like, amount of people watching the second find... one but the third one like i saw like two thousand at the most well like just my general interest in it is like i don't you guys it's the same thing like whatever and people doing with other games, it's like, you know, this you're just kind of you're trying to just catch it again. You're just trying to catch lightning in a bottle again. Like it's real hard to do. They would have to like find the game I'm not thinking of. Like, oh man, that would be perfect in this scenario. So right now, Twitch Place Pokemon is on their fourth game. They're doing uh Fire Red Leaf Green. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason Kotaku didn't tell me about that. Yeah, like there's two thousand six hundred so. people watching right now and they seem to be making like actual uh-huh. progress. So can you think of a game that would bring your interest back? No. Yeah, I can't either. Like, like you said, yeah. lightning the ball is probably the best way to have summed it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, third, do you know if there's any software that will let you upload old Windows 98 slash XP games to his computer? Sorry, say that again. So he has old like Windows 98 slash XP mm-hmm. games, like ones that work fine on those systems. He wants to play them on his new computer, which I'm, I have to assume is probably running 7. Is there any software that lets that happen? Uh, yeah, it's called Windows. Um, there's compatibility modes <laughs> in Windows that would let it run like it was on Windows XP, but there's still some problems with it. The problem is a lot of the games that run back then might need some patching and stuff like that. Usually, there's a big enough. If it's a popular enough game, there's an online community who's figured out how to do that. So if you look online, well, he's bringing up like Roller Coaster Tycoon, so I'm sure there's got to be something. Oh, I mean, that. like most of the Roller Coaster Tycoons are on Steam at this point, so yeah. Uh, that, that, so you're saying it might just be better just to get a Steam yeah. copy of it. Uh, like, good old games is also always a good place to check too, because that's kind of what they were known for for the longest time was just literally like sure. fixing up old games and releasing them to be played on new <coughs> systems. Yeah, I and I have no idea, but I should probably look into that because then I could play my copy of like uh, Viva Pinata on this Windows 8 machine. I forgot Viva Pinata was a PC game. Yeah, that game's awesome. <laughs> Um, I heard your also, is there any software that lets you play them on a Mac? Um, that is a little trickier, but is sort of doable. That would you would need. Oh God, what the fuck is the name of that program? You need a program that would let you boot basically a virtual version of a Windows operating system in it. I used to know what this was. I used to sell this program, but I can't remember what it's called right now. I'm sure there are different ways around it now. You can even just do a uh, a separate hard drive partition and just have that boot up as Windows instead. Because a lot of the newer MacBooks are Intel-based, they can actually run it. They can run Windows just fine. So there are multiple ways to do it. I just recommend looking online to see what's best. You probably want, like, a Windows emulator or just, like, a multiple OS emulator. Sure. Actually, in the chat, someone mentions Twitch Plays Pac-Man. I think that's a game that it would actually That work. actually existed, too. I watched it for a bit. I'm sure it did. Yeah. Um... Finally, would any of you guys say that you have a catchphrase? I don't have a catchphrase. Oh, wait. Ten, sorry, hang on. Ten minutes on the ball for me. I was thinking of VirtualBox or VMware. Or that, that's, that's at least what he's suggesting. They're just virtualization softwares. Those aren't the names I remember for the for that, though. Sorry, okay. what was the, the question again? Do you have a catchphrase? Jiminy Jillikers. There's a catchphrase. No, no. Uh, Has- I don't really ha- hashtag Jimmy Jillikers. That's the Simpsons reference, by the way. Uh, I don't actually have one. Like people would say, I've said enough things that would become catchphrases, and people say them to me like they are catchphrases. But 
Wasn't the move faster poking your catchphrase? That's what people think it is, and then there's like football, death water, stuff like that. I say things that turn into like I've never, I've never even heard of those. They're so. they're newer. That's why I there are things I've I said see. things that people we like <laughs> attach to to like catchphrase kind of thing, but I wouldn't really say I in particular have one except for like I say anyways a lot, so maybe anyways is my catchphrase. Anyways, let's move on. There you go. Yes. Next question is from Daniel. Hey, guys. My mom's an English professor who's been teaching a class on allegories, and I'm doing my best to show her some good examples of allegories in video games. We're going to play through Killer7 during the summer. Oh, my God. But aside from that, what are some good examples that we could play through? Oh, my God. Are you trying to scare the shit out of your mother? That's Yeah, when I read that, I was like, okay, uh, have fun. The first thing that came to my mind was Journey. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm also just trying to think of, like, my mom, and it's like, don't show her Killer7, show her Journey. <laughs> <clears throat> Killer7 Killer is kind of a giant, like, I wouldn't say allegory, it's more so a giant clusterfuck. Um, I, I maybe, like. Most of the stuff coming to my mind were, like, all indie games. I thought of Limbo, I thought of Braid. Maybe I was thinking I saw I thought of Shadows of the Colossus, but it's only really like the yeah. ending. Like, otherwise, she'd have to watch him play like the entire thing to realize what the ending's talking just, about. Just tune in every just half hour. The ending, she's yeah. Like if you showed her the ending, she'd be like, "I don't get what this means, guys." I'm not gonna say what happened. Or that game's old enough. Guys turning into a monster. Whatever. Like yeah, that that game you can't really like see a section of it and be like, "Oh, I get it." Whereas. You know, I guess the games I mentioned too, you can't really see a section of it. But at least Limbo and Braid, or Limbo and Journey, are only a few hours. So it could be like, hey, mom, want to watch this movie about walking through the sand? True. Trying to think of anything else. Pokemon is a huge allegory for friendship. I say, not going to lie a lot. (laughs) And to be fair, I could see that. What's up? Apparently, I say, not going to lie, and to be fair a lot too, which I could see that. Oh, people are saying emails. You will give me an egg. I, to be fair, I don't usually say you will give me an egg. That's a voice clip that does that for me. That's true. But you do have that uh, that um, domain. That's, that's true. Well, I didn't buy that. Someone bought it for me. Oh well, they, well, it still links to your. That's stuff. that's true. So, any other games? What do you, what do you think? Fuck! I had a couple in mind right now. They're not. Nothing's coming to mind right now. Sorry. I just need to like open my like Steam account. Anyway, I give you the a few Stanley of Parable. <laughs> it's an allegory for video games. Yeah, I don't think that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, this next one's from Captain Free Time. Hey guys, first time running in. I have a question on digital copies of games seems that people are very split on whether they like them or not, especially when compared to the possibility of having physical copies. Some people like digital copies because, hey, re-download if something breaks and multiple games on the same machine. Some like physical copies because it's an actual, tangible product that the person owns. Which do you prefer? Do you see one taking over? And do you think there's a potential for some game companies to pull off something like DVD bundles that have a digital copy included with the actual discs? That last one... I could definitely see that happening. Yeah, that, like, that, I could, that I could has like happened. When does that happen? Remember, um, the Xbox actually had it happen a lot. Remember a lot of those like physical collections of digital games? Oh. Like the Konami Classic uh, bundles. Oh. 
XBLA that didn't arcade give you a download bundles. code. You had to have the disc in all the time. Uh, oh, I guess. I thought what you were going to say, though, was when the Xbox One and PS4 were coming out where you could buy the the disc copy and then upgrade for like 10 bucks. Yeah, that was a thing, too. <clears throat> Which is not quite the same, but similar. I think, like, that seems like a very... I could see an indie doing that. However, indie would not also publish a retail copy because they can't afford mm-hmm. that. But that uh, the fact that of, of an indie being like, hey, we'll give you a physical and a digital version, like almost like in a, like a Kickstarter reward, I could see that being a thing. Um, when, once you have like a publisher and you know like you're a a public company and you're you have the money to make physical games, why would you give away free copies? To be fair, there are a bunch of games that you can buy for both PS3 and Vita at the same time. Cr- cross that's true. play, cross buy. But that's only digital games. That's also true. Um, so, again, like I feel like as soon as you have enough money that you have a publisher putting out, there to give me there are to make there are a couple copies, like Sony games that do that actually do give you a digital copy of like the Vita version when you buy the physical PS3 version. That's how I got uh, PlayStation All Stars. Actually, you're right. Yes, and I have PlayStation All Stars as well. So that has happened. Seems like Sony's where it's at. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that happen. Here's the crazy thing. Books don't even have that yet. Like, what? Because uh, you, they still get money from digital, so... They get money from... They get profit mo- from it as, like... Movies separate. are doing it. Like, movies... Like, like I thought books would be, like, the most no-brainer. You buy the book, you get the code. Like, movies are doing it. So I'm just crazy. I'm so surprised that books... Movies are doing it because that. they're charging a premium for, like, the high-definition copy. And that's because you're paying for, like, both copies. Just you're paying less. You're, you're usually paying a couple dollars more. Yeah. But I could, they could, why don't you do that with books? Because, like I said, digital stores are still making money. So it's, it's all about so. separate sources of revenue. Actually, I know um, there's a collection of books that if you bought the book through Amazon... Sometimes they'll give you a digital version of it. They will also do that all the time for music. Like if you purchase a CD on Amazon, they will give you a download of it like right away so you can listen to it while waiting for your CD in the mail. Mm. Uh, which that's definitely cool. Um, I would love to see that happen. I know, I guess a- answering his uh, first questions, you prefer physical copies, it seems. Yeah, but that's just because mainly I'm a collector. So, And and to be honest, I... earlier that what crossed my mind too What's going to happen when, say, like, the Xbox 360 goes down? What's going to happen to all those games? Yeah, who knows? The way I'm looking at it, I'm probably not going to be playing those to games. To be fair, yeah, but, I mean, what if you... But you can always play them offline. Like X- Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not worried about playing them offline. I'm worried about, like, say you wanted to buy, like, some... Like, you heard, like, yeah, I went back and played, like, this retro game on my Xbox 360 I downloaded. It, it was really good. And that you can't get it anymore because the online services are gone. Like what's gonna right. happen to that well, market? Like, they've, like already, Steam done... they've already done that. What do you mean? Like I'm trying. I'm thinking of like all the like midway games. Like you, there are there are games you can just not download anymore. They're no longer on. Yeah, well, that's because of the licensing issues. I'm saying what what. Well, it's the same thing. If they if they stop the servers, you just you can't get them. I'm saying it's the same thing. I guess. So, I feel like how I'm, I guess I'm just thinking how many people are honestly like in a position where they're like, you know what? I really wish there was an Xbox 360 version of mortal Kombat from midway like who is that person still there i doubt it no i'm, I'm just saying like it's mainly i guess more so from a collector's standpoint being able to access that stuff 
Right. So you're. So, but that. But then, from the collector standpoint, or, you're literally talking or, to an audience who only wants to buy things because like they're old. Or now. maybe in from a like a more like useful standpoint, what happens if uh, the servers go down and my hard drive on my Xbox breaks and I have to replace it? I can't re-download all my games. Then that means all those games I got had were lost. That's true. Yeah. I don't know how that one would work. Who? I have no idea. That's what I'm thinking. When the Xbox 63 PS3 servers finally do go away. It's going to be a very interesting thing for digital rights management. Yeah, I guess for me, I just don't care because when that eventually happens, there's no way I, I have even thought about those games in years. Mm-hmm. Like, for the most part, any of those, like, I'm trying, like, except for exclusives, otherwise, that thing probably exists on Steam. Like, I'm trying to think of from that generation, what's like my favorite game, Burnout Paradise? I have that on Steam. I guess it's, it's more in of fact, a, it's a niche like, question, but it's a question nonetheless. Yeah, no, for sure. I um, I kind of like both. If it's a uh, handheld though, physical, uh, digital all the way. I want that thing to be as portable as possible. I don't want to carry cartridges around. I just want my system. So if it's on the 3DS, I always download digital. A lot of the times though, I get the games that are mailed to me and they're physical, so I go with mm-hmm. that. But that's uh, that's my two cents on that. And I believe we have one question on Facebook. And by one question, I meant one person sent in six questions on Facebook. Fruit Puncher writes in, what are your thoughts on The Undertaker losing at WrestleMania to Brock Lesnar? Uh, I knew it was going to happen eventually. I just can't believe it was Brock Lesnar. I have no idea about wrestling. I'm surprised you had an opinion. Uh, Because I used to watch wrestling a lot when I was a kid. Uh, There you go. Great. Uh, Two... Thoughts on Ultimate Warrior passing away? Really bummed out about that, especially considering he was physically at WrestleMania a day, and then Raw, I believe, a day before he died. So he looked perfectly fine up until the day before he died. Then he died. Question three is about Smash Bros. We already talked about that. Uh, Question four is about the new PAX, which we also talked Mm -hmm. about. Question five. Any TRG moments at PAX East you mind revealing to us, John? I don't know, was there like a cool story from behind the scenes or anything? Not really, I guess. I'm thinking about it right now. The thing with PAX is, is that we rarely see each other, except for like the the like when the we leave and at the panel, yeah, and when we do the tournament recordings. Aren't you, aren't you guys like always hanging out stream or not streaming, but recording stuff? Yeah, but we do the recordings now like at our places. So like I'll go to like t- I'm gonna go to Emil's place next month. Oh, so you don't do that at the conventions? No, the only thing we do at the conventions now is the tournament, which was <coughs> usually only takes a couple hours. But the reason we do that is because we get guests in. So, Okay. No cool stories. Number six. Have you guys been seeing complaints about Samus Aran, about how she looks in the new Smash game? Yeah, I've been seeing some of that. I have not. What's the issue? Uh couple complaints uh mainly that they've made her look even more i guess for lack of a better term feminine they upped her cup size and they added those rocket high heels so basically now she's going to i saw the yeah, rocket high she's going heels. into battle basically wearing high heels is like a lot of people are commenting on they're making they're, yeah and they're making her look hey bayonetta did it and she kicked it's ass true be- because so. you're being sexualized does not mean you can't be a strong fighter but i can see why people are freaking out i just i think nintendo being the target of that is strange, though. Of all the companies you pick, it's Nintendo. 
when there are much well they are putting it out I guess but I mean there are much worse people you could be putting your ire of like sexualization of female characters to oh yeah no that's for especially especially considering the only really sexualized from the company itself character that Nintendo has would be Samus and even then 90% of the time she's in power armor right yeah I, I don't know it's still kind of weird if there's like a noticeable like wait you you did make her breasts bigger why what purpose did this serve besides appealing to creepy guys like I can't think of a good reason why you would do that it's it's true I guess but here's the thing like I think it's one thing if she came out and her cup size was always huge mm-hmm. like but the fact that it's like no we had her this way she's designed to be this non-sexy character and it's just let's make her like extra sexy now it's like what why the thing is i I think what might have led to it this time around is the fact that uh the namco bandai guys are helping work on it the tekken team if you look at samus she kind of looks like one of their characters nina williams so i think that might be why that happened i feel like nintendo is a strict enough company that they could be like put her back what are you maybe doing? but i feel like they might also not have cared i i feel like nintendo cares when it comes to sexuality considering all their other games are like the most friendly things but i don't know who knows maybe it's like a hey we know this will help sell more units you guys are gonna buy it anyway maybe i guess but right? like it... every person complaining every person who is invested enough in this game to complain about that has already have this thing like pre-ordered twice Here, here's the thing too um you're not gonna notice it in the game presumably because you'll be busy fighting but like if they do weird stuff like all right before the match starts it's gonna zoom in on samus she's gonna like slide her hands up along her body before she gets in like a fight mode i'm like okay what the fuck is going on at this point but if it's just like oh they upped her models and the only time you'll see it is if you pause the game it's like eh. i'm still looking i, at I, it, like, I get i get why people are upset about it, it but like like i said there are worse companies to get upset about than nintendo if yeah, yeah no i definitely agree yeah, with that i don't it, sure. it's a touchy subject is the best way to put it my opinion does not reflect touchy i see what you did there oh my god really nice it was not on purpose Just it fun. was not on purpose john what the fuck are you doing <laughs> <laughs> end the show yeah no i guess we're done except people remember you want to send in questions it's top down respective at gmail.com it's through twitter at tdp podcast it's on the facebook group just search top down perspective help us beat the gauntlet podcasts of the itunes by reviewing and uh rating us there that would help out quite a bit john what was your game of the last kind of two and a half weeks one and a half two weeks donkey kong country 3d oh yeah you put that on the plane that was your plane yeah. Sure. And on the plane ride back, cool. it was uh, Pokemon Battle Troise and Crosswords, and I'll talk about... The, the new one or the old Troise, one? The new Troise. Uh, we'll talk about it next week. Okay, perfect. My game of the week was Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. <laughs> just can't handle... Remember, kids, go and check it out. Remember to check up on all your dogs, make sure that they haven't gotten out. divorced. Yeah, it's... That is, a, that is a special game. I think we need to vote with our money and tell Nintendo we want more special games like this. Also, check out that uh, trailer for Tomodachi Life. Uh, that's going to do it for the show. We'll be back next week. Should be all three of us, finally. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hopefully. See you guys later. See you later then.